is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show, live on your YouTube machine. Hello, happy Tuesday. Here on the Monty Show, as always, we are presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. You guys, I say it every single day. The Advocates, they haven't seen every, they have seen everything that you could be involved in, whether it's workman's comp, a motorcycle accident. Jake and I were talking about it driving down the road today. I'm a defensive driver now because I feel like you're a sitting duck. If you've been in an accident, don't reach into your pocket and cut a check. No, no. Get to theadvocates.com where you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Yes, I see all the tweets, all the people asking, hey, are you guys going to talk about Aaron Rodgers today? No, we're not no. going to talk about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that, it's only the biggest news in sports. You know, why would we talk about him? That kind of sounds familiar. <clears throat> uh, yeah, how about the NFL karma gods coming back to get A-Rodge last night uh, for the Jets? Now we know, by the way, if you did not hear, it is official. Uh, Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, announced today that Aaron Rodgers has a torn left Achilles tendon. He is done for the year, and at 39 years of age, one has to wonder, is he done forever in the NFL after four snaps? We'll talk about all of that. But uh, today we want to start the show talking about the Pac-12, and again, maybe it is the the football gods uh, coming back, but it certainly feels like the Pac-12 is dominating college football. Uh, we're going to talk about TV ratings coming up, but when you are Colorado and Nebraska and you damn near draw as much as Alabama and Texas did, that is an accomplishment for the Pac-12. And you may say, hey, that's going to be the Big 12 next year, but right now it's the Pac-12. And the question that we've been contemplating now for a couple of weeks, is this version of the Pac-12 the best college football conference in the co- country? And I don't even know that it's debatable at this point. When you look at the performance that Oregon put in in Lubbock, uh, sorry to all of our Texans on the show today, but you look at the performance that Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks put in against uh, Texas Tech in Lubbock, that's an impressive win. You look at what USC has done, and don't look now, and Jake, I'm sure that this is going to upset you as I say this out loud, Mm -hmm. USC's defensive metrics actually look like they are dramatically improving albeit against not the best talent in the world, but they are dramatically improving the last two weeks. I also think that Michael Penix, as much as he did come back to earth this past weekend, Washington looks good. Obviously, the Utes without Cam Rising and Brant Keithy, they are 2-0. and This is an impressive start for the Pac-12, but Jake, do you agree is the Pac-12 the best conference in the country? Yeah, I mean, I think top to bottom, it's still, you know, the, it has the most quality in it. I mean, obviously, you know, the Big 12 with Texas has something to say. You know, the SEC's got something to say, obviously the Big 10. But, like, I, I, I think that the Pac-12, you know, top to bottom is the most quality conference still. Yes, you know, there are other teams and other conferences that are better than the best Pac-12 team. You know, you can make a case if you're a Longhorns fan that you guys are better than SC or, you know, that Georgia's better than SC or, or Ohio state. 
nobody in the ACC is better than SC, right? So to me, it's very much a thing where in the Pac-12's last year of existence, they are, you know, seemingly the best college football conference in the country. And I think that, you know, yeah, whether it's Washington and Penix, I mean, if he's having an average week, I'll take 43 points. And anybody not taking 43 points out of your offense and your starting quarterback, because I'm because I'm taking that. You know, I, I I think Utah is still the biggest question mark of the top teams in the conference. You know, this this you know game they're playing with Cam Rising, I don't understand why it continues. Now, obviously, I, I think you got Weber State this coming week. You know, that's a gimme. You're going to beat up on them, no problem. Good opportunity for Nate Johnson to start a game. All right, cool. But but when we get to, you know, Pac-12 competition, when we get to the best of the best, I would expect Cam Rising to play. But now I have questions about, you know, hey, what kind of Cam Rising are we going to get because now he's missed significant time. So we'll see about that. But, like, I, I, I look at this Bo Nix performance in Oregon versus Texas Tech. Like, that was that was a big win, you know, to go in there, win on the road. Like, that's, that's impressive stuff. You know, Oregon State had UC Davis, but still... It's 55 to seven, you know, SC, our, uh, uh, SEC fan is used to this kind of stuff. Hey, we're way better than everyone we play. We're putting up 50 plus, you know, we're controlling the game just is what it is. So when I look up and down this, this conference schedule, like dude, Colorado, uh, not only did you draw one of the top TV audiences of the week, you handled Nebraska in the second half, wasn't close, dominated that team. So yeah, I, I, I think the Pac-12, uh, it's kind of difficult to say that the Pac-12 is not the most talented, the best, uh, the 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 you know most efficient at winning football games, top to bottom conference right now of the Power Fours. Uh, and and yes, I said Power Fours because the conference doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I think it's really interesting this position the Pac-12 is in, and if we look at Pac-12 power rankings. I don't have any doubt that USC and Washington are the two best teams in this conference. Is Utah better than Oregon right now? Man, I think that's an awful, awfully difficult thing to say, uh, that Utah is better than Oregon because Oregon is at full strength with Bo Nix offensively. Cam Rising hasn't played a snap. So I think I would put, I would put Oregon third there behind, behind Washington but it's wild to me that you have you have a lot of of media members putting Colorado fourth in the Pac-12. I I don't see how how in the world you can put Colorado. And yes, it's two wins and they are two very good wins. How can you put Colorado ahead of a dominant Utah team especially with the way that Utah's defense has performed so far. I think it's all hype. Well, I just don't think that Utah has been, like, in the Florida game, okay, yeah, sure, you you beat Florida, you handled them, absolutely. Certainly. But I don't think that this Baylor game was dominant by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think you made plays defensively. You expect guys like Cole Bishop to perform. Uh, you know, like, yeah, Utah's defense played well, but but the idea that, that this game uh, in Waco came down to the last play is crazy. I, I mean, again, it's this whole quarterback thing. If Cam Rising is playing, this is 35 points. This isn't 20, right? So that's why I think uh, Colorado is ahead of Utah in the power rankings because, again, Colorado is out here putting up 36 uh, after they put up, uh, what was it, like 50-something? Yeah. You know, like, 
I just I just think that Colorado has been the flashier team. Colorado has much more momentum. It kind of feels like, and again, I know it's crazy to say, but it kind of feels like Utah is is sort of doing the best they can with what they have to work with without Cam Rising and Brand Keith. And, and I see, think I'm not tough. I'm not willing to put flash ahead of substance. That's my biggest issue with Colorado, and I love Coach Prime, and I love you know what Shadour and Hunter, and I love what that entire team is doing. But it's all flash right now. And yes, I I believe that Shador Sanders should be one of the top Heisman candidates right now. And yes, I believe that the offense has staying power. You win championships with defense. And I think that, that Colorado's defense has got a lot to prove that they can play at the top of this conference. They have not seen nearly the best that the Pac-12 has to offer. And I, I think that I think that they are they're not as good as Utah, certainly. I don't think the bigger question is Colorado or Washington State. I think that is really close. I think that is a shootout game. After that, I you know I don't know what to make of I don't know what to make of Oregon State right now. Um, UC Davis does not impress me. Like that win, hey, that's great. You're playing lower level teams, but I don't know that when October rolls around that when November rolls around, that Colorado's better than Oregon State. In fact, I think I'd be pretty confident in saying that they won't be better than Oregon State. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, yeah, the questions about the defense, you know, obviously are are legitimate. It's true. You haven't played the best that the Pac-12 has to offer. But, look, I, I, I just think that, that people are confident in Colorado's ability to score. I have no sure. doubt that Colorado can hang, uh, offensively can hang with SC. I think Shador Sanders' ability to run away from people and then throw it down the field is elite. Now, he's not as good as Caleb Williams, certainly, right? Caleb Williams is better at it than Shador is, but I think Shador's first year coming into the game, I like what I see. And and I think that's why Nebraska lost that game so handily. They couldn't tackle the guy. And so, yeah, is, is Colorado going to go out and beat SC? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to give uh, SC everything they can handle because, again, and I know, hey, stats say SC's defense is better. Show me. Shut down a high-powered offense. Show me that you can handle Shador. Show me that that you can trick him, that you can do what Texas did to Jalen Milrow, right? Show me that you can do those things. Well, I don't even know that that's a fair comparison. I think Jalen Milrow is a very interesting. Did you guys see he got a huge NIL deal uh, that popped off today. Like, I think Jalen Milrow's not prepared to play football at this level. I think Shador Sanders is a Heisman Trophy candidate. My only questions about Colorado are going to be how long their defense can hold up and what happens when Hunter gets hurt because that's coming. You don't play hundreds of snaps a week and and think that you're not going to get hurt. I, I think it is. I think it is absolute lunacy to have him playing that many snaps offensively. Because he is a dominant player defensively. To have him playing that many snaps is is wild to me. But hey, that's why I'm a talk show host and not a football coach. And and I, I look at I look at some of the other things. Like you look at the Big 12 versus the Pac-12. Who is right now the best team in the Big 12? I, I don't – is anybody going to argue it's Texas? No. I, I think it's Texas by a lot. I think the gap is massive. I don't – I don't think it's even close. I think K State is is a distant number two. Um, if I had to, if I had to say to say it right now today, I'd have to I'd have to pick Kansas probably third. I think 
You know, Oklahoma is a really interesting question. I see everybody's got Oklahoma in the top five in the in the in the Big Twelve. I don't know if I'm convinced of that. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that offense can. I don't know if that offense can hold up. I know that UCF without John Reese Plumley is screwed. That that you're not recovering from that loss. Facts. I'd have pushed UCF to the top five in this in this conference before his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early here in the season. But I also I also wonder about I also wonder about TCU. I'm not ready to throw dirt on top of TCU at this point. Three weeks into the season, I'm not ready to do that. Obviously, the Colorado loss exposed you quite a bit. Hey, I, and I'm down with that. Obviously, you're going through changes, especially in offense. Hey, I'm down with all that. I'm not the guy throwing dirt on top of TCU. I am not. I think that this is going to be a completely different team a month from now in the middle of October. TCU is going to be a far better team than they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have zero faith in in Texas Tech to bounce back here, although here we are today and what happened in, in Lubbock today. Yeah, they signed one of the top wide receiver talents in the country. Hey, guys. I mean, unbelievable. Turned down Texas, turned down A&M, and is going to Texas Tech, which is a huge win yeah. for Joey McGuire. Huge win. But Tyler Shuck is a huge problem. As big of a win that is, Tyler Shuck's just as big a problem. He is what ails Texas Tech's offense right now. Yep. And until you change that, I, I, don't, put, I, don't, put, I don't put Texas Tech ahead of the, the Baylors. I don't put Texas Tech ahead of, you know – I mean, are they ahead of Iowa State? I think they are. Are they ahead of certainly not TCU? Certainly not. I don't know. Texas Tech or UCF? Mm, probably Texas Tech. Without Plumley, I think it's Texas Tech. Yeah. Right? But Oklahoma State? Well, Oklahoma State doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah, still a nice win, though. I mean, still, you know, and I know it's Arizona State. I know that that's a troubled program, if you will. But I, I still think that, you know, that's. A, a solid win. I, I mean, again, there were questions as to whether you were going to win that game or not when when you went out to the desert. So I, you know, yeah, I I was pretty I, I was pretty happy with what I saw at Oklahoma State. I agree they need to figure out a quarterback because you can't play three. You know, the team that I don't think any of us have an idea on. Who is Iowa State? I know it's wild, and you think I'm probably stupid. How bad is Iowa State? You know who else we don't know a thing about? Who's Cincinnati? And you know that I'm a huge Satterfield guy. Yeah, I don't know who Cincinnati is at this point. Emory Jones. I I mean, has there been a a more refreshing performance at quarterback in this conference other than than Emory Jones in the Big 12 this year? I I think I could argue he's one of the better quarterback stories in the league. Yeah, And I don't know who they are. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think that the the Big 12 – generally speaking, has a good bit of talent in it at quarterback. I mean, there are, there are guys all around this league that, you know, what could be a problem for most defenses. But I think the difference is, is that, is that you have teams like, you know, Texas and Oklahoma and, and even Baylor, throw Baylor in there, right? That all have different reasons for why they need to win right now. I mean, obviously, Texas and Oklahoma want to go out on a high note. Obviously, Oklahoma's looking to put this Art Bryles thing behind them. Good luck. You know, so they're going to be motivated. Um, you know, and obviously, Texas, with this big win on the road, is going to be motivated to try to get into the college football playoff, which I think they got a good shot to do as long as, you know, nothing goes sideways and you handle your business. But even like Baylor, 
Baylor losing this game to Utah. Yep. Like I, I like if if you don't have incentive to win now, if you ain't got motivation now, I don't know what it's going to take because at this point you have to think that Dave's coaching for his job. Yeah, I don't know if I, I at the bottom of the conference is where I always go when we talk about strength. Yeah, I, I, is West Virginia better than Iowa State? Is Houston the team that we saw lose to Rice, who dug themselves a massive hole to start that game? Is Houston a good team or a bad team? Because right now, I think you got to put them in the bottom three teams. I think Iowa State, West Virginia, and Houston have to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Iowa State or BYU? Well, BYU because they have a better quarterback, and, and I don't think Iowa State's got a very good quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, you know, back to they're a terrible pick six, man. My God. I, I, every time I feel like I want to say something nice about Iowa State, something stupid like that happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's BYU right now. Is is BYU a top half of the Big Twelve team right now? I, I mean, I don't think we can confidently say that yet. I, I I think that we need to see if BYU can figure out how to run the football. I think they I think they deserve a lot of credit for for the adjustments in the offensive game. You know, obviously there were a ton of questions after the fourteen point performance, and then you you know throw forty, uh, you know, and answered some of those questions. Now, obviously. Yeah obviously wasn't against, you know, some premier big 12 team. But I think that, you know, if you, if you show that better play calling opens the offense and allows Keaton Slovis to get the ball down the field, you know, what does that look like against a legit defense? What does that look like against a more competent team? So, yeah, I mean, I think that I think BYU still has to prove they're a top half of the big 12 team, but and you I, also, I think they're pushing. You, you need to run out some healthy wide receivers, by the way. I would I agree mean, with that. Let's yes. get crazy. Yeah. Maybe Cody Epps, an NFL receiver, needs to play a game for BYU before we figure out who their offense is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I mean when I say they deserve credit for the adjustments they made. I mean, again, yeah. you you looked unimaginative, you looked boring, and then you come out and it's like, oh, we're pushing, we're going down the field, like things are great, and now everyone wants to complain about the run game. So I think they just got to find that balance. And in as I say every single day on this show, like the, the balance between the pass game and the run game depends who you're playing. I, I mean, again, if you're going to play a team that's got a stout front four, you're probably not going to run as much. Like that's just how it goes. Yeah. I, I am really curious to see like the Oklahoma schools, Oklahoma state doesn't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of those dudes, Gunner, Gunner Gundy has looked at times terrible. And at other times, he's looked like their most competent quarterback. Like, because it's garbage. I don't know who your number one there is. I don't know. The SMU game for Oklahoma, I think they got exposed offensively. Because I don't believe that SMU is a is a good team. I think no. they're I think they're competitive. They're, they're not about good. Flash. They're not good. SMU is not somebody who you should be like. Well, it was SMU. We had to fight. Our, well, that tells me something about you, not about SMU. You're Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And the Arp Riles thing, listen, the Arp Riles thing, I think this is a bigger story in Norman than than we know because the Norman, Oklahoma, Big 12 media base is talking a lot about that situation. And I think Mr. Levy may find himself out of a job. Honest to goodness. Man, he that, ain't going to go that far. Yeah, I think that display post game really hurt him. Yeah. I, I was I – was, was really, really disappointed. He was a little more aggressive than I thought he'd be. You know, he was a little more brash than I thought he'd be about it. Yeah, but. he 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 wanted to just write that off, and I don't think you can do that. Yeah. I don't think you can do that. But I think there is no doubt that, that Texas, by far, is the best team in this conference. I think K-State's number two, and then I think Kansas is three. 
And it's no surprise those are the three best quarterbacks in the league. Yep. There's yep. no surprise 100%. at all. And and I think when we're talking about uh, what Jalen Daniels did for Kansas, again, nobody's talking about that kid. Nobody. And I don't think – I don't think that Jalen Daniels, I don't think that Devin Neal – like, I don't think those guys get the credit that they deserve because what I've seen from Jalen Daniels this year, he's a better quarterback than I thought he would be this year. Mm-hmm. You knew there would be growth. You thought him, when you looked at, at him specifically, you thought there would be growth and development. This is far more than anybody thought. Yeah. He looks like a better polished quarterback to me right now. And I think those three teams, and then it's everybody else. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, whether it's the Big 12 or the Pac-12, like, the bottom half of your conference has to continue to get better. And I think the Big 12 is going, obviously, is going through this thing where you've just expanded, you just added these new brands, and they've, they're trying to prove themselves. Again, it's the, it's the old BYU conversation, right? Can BYU be bowl eligible? You know, how, just how far can you take it in year one? And, and I think that, you know, obviously, we're going to get Texas and Oklahoma in, in the SEC next year asking that same question. But now we get to sit here and say, yeah, yeah, dude. Texas is SEC good. Texas can go out and beat Alabama, can go out and at a minimum compete with Georgia. Can they beat Georgia? I don't know. You have to prove that. But you can definitely compete with Georgia. And that's why I say I I think that the Big 12 has the hammer as far as best team. But I think that the Pac-12 overall top to bottom is a better conference. There are good teams all over the board that can beat you on any given Saturday. And I think that's what's tough about the Pac-12. And while you talk about the SEC, I am not sold on Georgia. I know. I, I I should just not say it out loud. Oh, what are you talking about, man? I cannot believe that they've given up points in to UT Martin and Ball State. Those are two terrible teams. They looked disinterested in both of those games. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that South Carolina, I think it's South Carolina this weekend is some huge fight for them. I'm not saying that. But at some point, this slow start BS is going to come back to get Georgia. Yeah. Yep. It, it, and when I look at when I look at the East, they're going to run away with the Florida is an awful football team. I mean, an awful football because it's team. Because garbage. And South Carolina is not much better. Mm-hmm. So I don't see Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee – Vandy, that division's over. The biggest question I have is, is Auburn capable? What is LSU? How do they bounce back? How far off is Alabama right now? Is Jalen Milrow, that, is he an October, November blossom? Or is God, he just he better be. Or is he just going to be this dude who at times looks ready and at other times looks like he just doesn't know that he's a football player? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I just think he was in over a set in the Texas game. And, and I think that... You know, that was really surprising. That's something that we we don't see that type of incompetence out of Alabama, generally speaking, and certainly at the quarterback position. And I think that, you know, Alabama hasn't had, you know, Mm. uh, hasn't had that reliability so far this year. And I think that's what's tough. Typically, Nick Saban, you know, even as a defensive guy that Nick Saban is, uh, can go out and rely on a, a field general of a quarterback to go out and make some things happen. And they don't have that right now. And I think that ultimately is why you lost to Texas and why you got your season started on the wrong foot. And I'll be very curious to see what happens as they go through their SEC schedule. And are we con- going to continue to see 50, 60-point performances? 
or is it more of a struggle? Is this one yeah. of those years where Alabama is just not really in the picture? Well, we'll find out. Let's get your thoughts in here on the Monty Show. As always, we are ready for some buckshot. A big, 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 big day. Played golf this morning. Actually shot a one over. I got new clubs from PXG. Shot well, like mm, the new shafts. No, I'm not going to talk about the problem. But you know, the issue is I, I'm a high right fader with my yeah. driver. I got I got fitted from PXG, got super stiff shafts, and was bombing the ball today. It was amazing. And, uh, yeah, thanks to our good friends at Bucked Up, I had a clear mind when I did it because I took a buck shot for breakfast. I'll have one right now. Yes, sir. 200 milligrams of caffeine. Mental clarity. That's the thing about Buckshot. Get to buckedup.com right now. Use the promo code MONTY20. Get 20% off your purchase at checkout at buckedup.com. Just search. Use the microphone, the uh, magnifying glass, excuse me, and search for Buckshot. Do it. Totally restock this week. Every flavor is available. Hook it up right now. Buckedup.com. The best products with the best ingredients, and they do exactly what they tell you they're going to do. They have a great deal running on their uh, whey protein isolate right now. Hook it up, buckedup.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Steven Smith, first one in for $20. Thank you, Steven. Uh, it's so sad to see a conference fall apart. I'm assuming you're talking about the Pac-12. Uh, over a belief that the alliance would stabilize the Pac-12. That's not why the Pac-12 yeah, fell apart. Bro. I don't know that I can agree with that. Uh, but that was false hope to believe in such a thing. It shouldn't have come to this. Well, I mean, candidly, I don't believe that the Pac-12 fell apart because of the alliance that never was an alliance. Yeah, what alliance are we talking about? There was a handshake <laughs> agreement, and that doesn't mean a damn thing. It, it wasn't worth a thing because there was no contract and nothing was on paper. The Pac-12 fell apart from malfeasance and just really poor management. That's all that was. You, you're looking at a situation where if you to put the Pac-12 network on any major television provider, I don't know, like hmm, DirecTV, we're not having this conversation. If Larry Scott, the former commissioner of the Pac-12, who told us he was talking to Google, he told Jake and I, point blank, we're talking to Google. If he had actually talked to Google and gotten a deal done, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Don't lie to me. It wasn't the troubled alliance that never was an alliance. It was the guy trying to make an agreement without anything in writing and George Klyavkov. So there never was. George Klyavkov is a failed commissioner. Again, again, and again. Not only did he watch USC and UCLA walk out the door, he never delivered a TV contract. And frankly speaking, his only job was to deliver a TV contract, and he didn't even do that. The Pac-12 didn't fail, and I don't believe their failure had anything to do with the alliance. I think they failed because they couldn't put themselves on TV regularly. That really, to me, is the bottom line. Yes. And if they had figured that out with DirecTV or Google, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, but they didn't. And so now we're here. And now Oregon State and Washington State are going through court battleville. And we're getting things figured out. Yeah. And I I, I think we like to make a lot of assumptions in as sports fans. We like to assume that because we don't like something, that it we can just throw shit against the wall and... It doesn't, you, you guys, there, there is, there is some very simple facts mm -hmm. 
It either happened or it didn't. Right? This alliance never happened. Facts. There, there never was an alliance. So while I agree it was an embarrassment, to say it failed, it never got started, so there was nothing to fail. If you were going to seriously work together, the alliance, if you were seriously going to work together, why didn't you put it on paper? Why didn't you sign a contract? Why didn't you memorialize the terms and agreements? Well, because you never agreed on anything, in my opinion. Thanks. I think you shook some hands and said, hey, this is going to be really cool to have a press conference where we talk about how we're going to be an alliance. <laughs> and then it fell apart before it ever got started. Yeah, I mean, it's a marketing ploy, is it not? I mean, yeah. oh, wait, we're going we're gonna to create an alliance with the Big Ten and the ACC. And we're going to feel like, hey, this is really going to help us for travel stuff and all these other things. And you just didn't have anything. And I think it, it epitomized the bad business practices of the Pac-12. Yeah, and I, I, you know, like we in the comment section before the show, Big Bad Brass Balls was running out a bunch of complete nonsense about how Disney got pounded by charter. <laughs> and this is, this is one of those things again. I look at this Pac-12 conversation, I cannot tell you how many people are like, oh yeah, they didn't win, they didn't get into the college football playoffs, so the conference failed. No, no, that's not why the conference failed. No. Had nothing to do with that. You know, like you you have you have this situation with Charter and, and Disney, and because somebody doesn't like ESPN, and we talked about this the other day on the show. Yeah. Because people don't like ESPN, they're like, Oh yeah, ESPN is the reason that people are losing like they were talking about how people are losing their cable because of ESPN. It's like uh ESPN's not the reason people don't have cable on Charter and Spectrum. Yeah. Spectrum the whole reason that the Spectrum Disney dispute happened, Spectrum wanted to be able to sell rights and advertising to all of the Disney streaming properties and not pay Disney any money for that. And Disney said, no, we're not doing that. Sorry, not going to happen. Who could blame them? Why would you? So they pulled, their, they pulled their carriage off of Spectrum and Charter. And then what do you know? ESPN, Disney Plus, like all of the streaming from the Disney family, all of a sudden, a deal got done. It's on an elevated tier. Disney keeps all the rights to put all the advertising on their own streaming platform. Oh. They gained 400 to 500 million new subscribers. Oh, revenue from those new subscribers annually. Do you guys understand how much money that is for Disney? Never mind. Anyway, I understand why people don't like ESPN on some limited level. I get it. But that doesn't mean that ESPN's the problem. The alliance had nothing to do with the Pac-12 failing. Nothing. Yeah. It just, it is what it is. Like, I look at this story today with Mac Brown and the NCAA and the NCAA saying that, you know, they got death threats. They didn't get death threats because of Mac Brown. The NCAA got death threats because the NCAA doesn't care about student athletes. They care about making money. And the NCAA, if you didn't hear this story, mm -hmm. the NCAA today said that they, um, they believe that the rhetoric from Mac Brown last week created atmos an atmosphere where death threats and threats of violence came from that. Right. And they are, they are saying that they, they got these death threats because of a kid named Tez Walker. Yeah. 
at North Carolina who was denied eligibility. And granted, he did not play the transfer portal game properly. And North Carolina and Tez essentially went through a process with the NCAA and the NCAA ruled against him. And Mac Brown came out and absolutely crushed the NCAA. And the thing that I say is, okay, okay. So was Mac Brown wrong in what he said? Was Mac Brown the reason that people put death threats against supposedly, because I'm not also yeah. 100% on board with this idea that Mac Brown's statement, um, you know, came out and, and caused death threats and threats of violence. Sorry, yeah, I mean, man. I, I think it's a reach. I think I'm that's not, strong to say that. I am not, I am not buying this. Yeah. And I don't, I don't care. And I'm trying to find Mac Brown's words explicitly, but... I don't care if you are upset about Mac Brown. Mac Brown was right mm-hmm. when he said, shame on you. Mac Brown was correct when he said that you don't care about the welfare of the kids that you are charged with protecting. That's absolutely correct. Mac Brown I think spoke truth to the NCAA and it pissed off the NCAA. And I'm not saying that they made this up Mm -hmm. because would it really be such a stretch? Would it really be such a stretch for somebody to threaten the life of somebody at the NCAA? No, it would not. No, but I don't buy for a second that Mac Brown saying they've messed up so many things as it relates to college football, and now their failures have negatively impacted the life of one of our own. I can't begin to understand how this happened. The decision makers at the NCAA on the committee should be ashamed of themselves for doing this to a young man. I completely agree with Mac on that. I think it's hysterical that you're saying that these kind of statements are where death threats came from. I don't believe that for a second, but again... What do we do? We play these games where it's, you know, Shador Sanders isn't a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, why? Um, yeah, I don't know. He just isn't. Come on. Did you Have you guys looked at the Heisman watch list? Shador Sanders is not. It, it's amazing. When you go and look at the, the people who will decide the Heisman Trophy, most of them do not have Shador Sanders in their top three. How is that even possible? Yeah. How's it even possible? The best story in college football. He's dominant. 510 yards. Not on the list. Yeah. 2-0. and oh, Not on the list. And why is that? Because they, they'll find a reason to punish Deion Sanders for something. If that's my belief. Mm-hmm. Or whether it's Charter versus ESPN or Mac Brown causing death threats. I just don't. I don't believe that that people want the truth. I think we, as sports fans in particular, we like the sports wash stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, we want to we want to lean on what we already believe, which is yes. like, hey, you know, it's like, it, well, it's like what we talked about yesterday, right? Oh, well, it's it's some you know uh, you know quote unquote legend in sports, so he could never do heinous things in his football program. Uh, you know, it's it's oh, it's ESPN, so there's no way they would ever be a good company. Oh, well, it's Mac Brown, and for whatever reason, you hate Mac Brown, 
So now all of a sudden he's causing people to allegedly send death threats. Like that's what we do. I in think sports, the dude. NCAA sports washed this without a doubt. Just flipped it around. They said Mac Brown spoke out against us. Yeah. Oh, we got. I could see. Yeah, we got death threats because of that statement. Well, then you know the other the other infamous thing with this whole situation. With Tez Walker and UNC is that the NCAA is saying that, you know, you can't have it both ways, right? Can't play both sides of the fence, meaning, hey, you you Mac Browns of the world voted to have the rules with the portal the way they are, meaning, hey, if you want to transfer more than once, you got to get a waiver. And now you're upset we're denying waivers. And I just think it's a classic thing of what you said. Hey, the NCAA wants to have control and they want to make money. And that's what they do. Yep. And the Tez Walker situation was a hardship claim. The NCAA doesn't want to tell you that either. Like, it's it's frustrating to me. Cleveland rocks for $5. How about the NCAA officials having credible death threats against them for not allowing Tez Walker to play? Sad. I don't believe that, that they necessarily do. I would like to see that in writing. Yeah. I mean, where's I would the like proof? To, to, to have you prove it. Yeah. Uh, that, to me. Uh, but that's a strong thing to say. I feel yes. like the whole death threats thing, like people aren't taking that seriously. Like, like you're, you're quite literally saying that Mac Brown is partially responsible for creating this environment of, we'll just call it negativity. And that's why people are sending death threats. Dude, Matt, like, like Mac Brown, Nick Saban, like the legend, legendary coach that isn't scandal ridden, dude can can say these things and get away with it. And you know why he's still got a job and everything's good? Because he's right. He's right. But I also think it goes back to the Mel Tucker situation at Michigan State. Perfect example. Michigan State allegedly knew and didn't do anything about it. Right? I, I go back to the Levy situation with Art Bryles at Oklahoma. You thought that was okay. It's not okay. He... Would anybody blame Oklahoma if they fired Jeff Levy? I wouldn't. But we can't say that. Oh, you're making too much out of it. We're not making too much out of it. Salty Drunk, hello, my friend. There seems to be so much off-field politics in college football. Oh, 1,000%. Absolutely. 1,000%. Absolutely there is. J-Rod says the NCAA death threats are the result of the toxic culture we currently live in. If they are, in fact, true, I would agree with that. Yeah. 100%. Raider Mark, again, those G5 schools have the ability to add $260 million in facilities and have held their own consistently against power programs. Okay. What does that have to do with? I, I, I don't know. Jaron Eccles, no, res- uh, no respect for little old uh, Colorado, even though they have earned it the first two weeks. No respect. Ah! No respect. I, the Deion Sanders conundrum, and here we are, we've evolved from power rankings and is the Big 12 better than the Pac-12 conversation to this Deion Sanders conversation. Yeah. Like, if you just go look at the Heisman Trophy watch list, mm-hmm. and I was looking at one this morning, um, and Shador Sanders was 17th. 17th. Unbelievable. On this list. And wow. it, it's amazing to me. Here is like at NFL.com, Eric Edholm, his Heisman Trophy watch list. And you you look at this, and the thing that I don't understand is that we just won't, and of course now I can't get that to load because why, why would it want to cooperate? Um, 
we just won't give Shador Sanders the 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 respect he deserves. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of people want to say, oh, well, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it's Colorado. It's they're just getting started. Like the, it's two games into the year, right? Ah, oh, it's only Nebraska. They're you know they're Nebraska. Who cares about Matt Rule and what he's trying to do? Who cares about any yeah. of that? You know, have them beat someone legitimate. And so my question is going to be. What happens when Colorado inevitably loses to, like, SC or Washington or, like, one of the best teams in the Pac-12, let's say, but Shador balls out for, like, 400 yards against their defense and it's, like, some ridiculous shootout, you know, best we've ever seen college football game on the West Coast. Then people are going to go, oh, he lost the game. Lost the game. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about the fact that dude threw for 450 in, like, four touchdowns and they ran for whatever, like, that's that's what we're talking about here. Bet MGM. Yeah, good example. Heisman Trophy watch list. Number one, Caleb Williams. Justified, spot on. Number two, Jordan Travis at Florida State. Number three, Michael Penix, Washington. Number four, Quinn Ewers at Texas. Number five, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. It's a defense. Number six, Bo Nix. Are you serious? You're you're Drew Aller at Penn State. Sam Hartman at Notre Dame is eighth. And finally, Shador Sanders, ninth behind Hartman, Aller, Nix, McCarthy, Ewers, Penix, Travis, and Williams. That's wild to me. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have him right behind Quinn Ewers there. That's I, where I'd have I him. would have Shador Sanders. I would have Shador Sanders well ahead of Jordan Travis. I think Shador Sanders is far outplayed Jordan Travis. I think Michael Penix Jr. should be two. I think Quinn Ewers should be three. And I think Shador Sanders should be four. That J.J. McCarthy is fifth is ridiculous to me. My fucking ass. J.J. McCarthy. Come on. But it is, I'm a firm believer that you are talking about bias against Deion Sanders. And that is why Shador Sanders and Hunter to a lesser extent, because I think it's going to be really difficult for a two-way player. Travis Hunter is well down the list there. He is Joe Milton's ninth. Kyle McCord at Ohio State is 10th. Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison, the wide receiver at Ohio State, who's hurt and is going to miss two weeks, is 11th. Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, decent. But is Travis Hunter behind Dylan Gabriel? Is he behind Marvin Harrison? Is he behind Kyle McCord and Joe Milton? Are you at your goddamn mind? Come on. Come on now. Tell me that there's not bias involved in that. You're really telling me that there's not bias involved in that. I mean, look at just really quick. I mean, you look at Colorado's schedule, and we're going to put this thing to bed one way or the other real quick here, right? You get Colorado State this week. All right, cool. They should, you know, you should dominate them. But then what do you get? Oregon, SC. Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington, Utah. Right? So we're gonna you're gonna get Oregon, then you're gonna get USC. Right? So that's why I say you're at Oregon, you're home for SC. If SC comes in and hangs fifty on you at your place, you're not that guy, pal. That's not gonna be acceptable. Now, if USC comes in and puts thirty five up and you happen to put up thirty one, I think that's a really respectable performance. Right? Because this is supposed to be a team that isn't going to perform. And Dion, it's his first year, and there's no way that he could ever use the transfer portal to go out and win more than six games. No way. So, again, 
when they win against Colorado State this week and they're 3-0 heading into Oregon, what else would you have had them do? Who is J.J. McCarthy on that list? It's ridiculous, dude. Screw you. He's on that list because he plays at Michigan. That's it. J.J. McCarthy? My, my McCarthy? Yeah. Stop. Uh, Adam P., or excuse me, Adams P. Right. Sanders will be a top three pick. I would agree with that. Tarrant County boy, yeah. Okay. Uh, Annie says, I get all of them except JJ is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Steven Smith, I agree with you on the alliance. I also believe that it showed the Pac-12 incompetence on how to run a conference. I also believe I have COVID. Okay, well, I apologize for your ill feelings that it is what it is i never want anybody to have covid the I've, coronavirus everybody on, gets a test knock on wood i've never had it and they I have the sniffles and i hope not to have it <laughs> but um the alliance Stephen, i appreciate you the alliance had nothing to do with the failure of the pac-12 it was and do you guys know what the alliance is it was the pac-12 the acc and the big 10 and they got together and they said, hey, we're going to schedule, but we're also going to operate on a philosophical level where they were going to put the mental health and well-being of their student. Like they had all these philosophical tenants that were only memorialized as far as a press release. There was no scheduling agreement on paper like it had. And again, I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong. Your opinion's valid. It had nothing to do with the failure of the conf conference. Did it make the Pac-12 look dumb? Yes, it did. It made them look really foolish. Did that mean they failed? No. They failed for one singular reason, incompetence in everything that they do, whether that's officiating, the way they handled officiating, the way they handled replays, certainly their TV and media rights distribution. The, net, the, the Pac-12 network was a, a money suck. Larry Scott spent money like it was endless. I mean, there are a whole bunch of things. Again, and I'm not saying you're wrong, and I appreciate the $10. And I really hope you don't have COVID. Uh, Mike Smith, ever notice that the Heisman Trophy winner rarely comes from a school with three or more losses? Colorado continues to win, and Sanders continues to play well. He will rise in the rankings. I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Jaron Eccles, Sanders is far better than Nixon McCarthy. I think Bo Nix is an enigma. How good is Bo Nix? It's not college football playoff good. He's, you know. Where in the conference is Bo Nix? <clears throat> mm, he's probably top five, I would say. I mean, you're In what? a conference loaded with quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix. I mean, know. certainly if you if you look at those guys, I mean, obviously, I think you would Shador Sanders or Bo Nix? Shador Sanders. Cam Rising or Bo Nix? Right now, Bo Nix. Cam Rising's not on the football field. And I want to see what Cam Rising is before we just start saying – He's the same old Cam Rising. DJ Uyunglele or Bo Nix? Bo Nix. Even though Cam, DJ's played well. Cam Ward or Bo Nix? Cam Ward. I, I I would agree with that. And, I mean, I, I, I think that's the – I think ultimately that's the end of it. I mean, because you're not going to put Rashada or Delora or – Bo Nix is a top half of the quarterbacks in this conference. Yeah. He is not Shador – he is not Penix. He is not. I think Caleb Williams is the best of the bunch. I, I think the difference between uh, Shador, Penix, and Williams is their athleticism. I mean, they have the ability 
to just run away and shake you off of that. I mean, the, the, again, and not to say that Caleb Williams hasn't done this, but Shador, the highlight tape of Shador Sanders against Nebraska just running away from the pressure of Nebraska and extending the play for what seemed like forever, you know, and then to find a guy in the end zone and do do what he was doing. I mean, he played out of his mind, and that's what I think separates those three. A guy like Cam Rising beats you with his mind, right? I mean, yes, he's athletic, but he's never going to be as highlight real caliber as those three. Bo Nix or Drake May at Carolina? Yeah, Ooh. I think that's pretty even. Dude, I think that's really close. Yeah. Uh, Bo Nix or like I take Bo Nix over Jordan Travis, um, Sam Hartman or Bo Nix. Sam Hartman has been pretty freaking impressive. You know, the thing I like about Sam Hartman is the maturity piece. I, I, I trust him to put the ball in a good place pretty much every time. And I'm not saying that Bo Nix is not mature, but there's just Sam Hartman's just, just shows it in a different way. You, you say, okay, here's Sam, here's the football don't turn it over and take us down the field. And that's what he seems to do. And sometimes I feel like Bo Nix tries to do too much with his legs, and sometimes that comes back to get him. Jalen Daniels at Kansas or Bo Nix? Ooh. Mm. Two really good dual-threat quarterbacks. Yeah, it's hard not to go with Daniels there. Ooh. I think Drake may, right now in college football, I do think it is Caleb Williams one. Michael Penix, too. Because the, the, the Georgias of the world, the Alabamas of the world, um, well, like Quinn Ewers or Bo Nix. I mean, I think that's after I'm that take, performance. After that performance, I'm taking Quinn Ewers. Right? But, like, those two guys, if you go, okay, skill set, athleticism, how they play the game, like, they're very similar. Bo runs a little more than Quinn, but they're pretty much pretty similar. I think the Blue Bloods don't have great quarterback play this year, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to rise. It's going to rise for guys that um, I, I think normally a guy like a – you know, a, a maybe J.J. McCarthy, maybe Jaden Daniels at LSU is that guy yep. that is going to stand out more because Georgia and Bama don't have great quarterback play. Yeah, could be. Raider Mark, who are your number one and number two QBs? I, I think they're both in the Pac-12. Yeah. Again, Caleb Williams and Michael Penix Jr. Find me two better. I have a lot of trouble with that. Cleveland Rocks, first time in 25 years. Browns favored in Pittsburgh. Wild. Wild. The washcloth man. <laughs> Do we buy it? Let's talk about it on Football 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Football at 50 is presented by TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Listen, stop complaining about going back to the office. Stop complaining about how much you hate your boss. Stop being frustrated or disappointed with yourself because you're not making the money you believe you should be making. Get to TridayTrading.com. Sign up for their 30-day $10 trial membership. 10 bucks. That's it. It's a charitable donation. That's a tax write-off for you. You get their entire program in that 30 days. High-level coaching, all kinds of software, all kinds of process, like everything that makes Triday Trading so special and has made them special for decades. You get that in this 30-day trial, and then you're just going to make a decision. Do you want to keep going? And I don't believe we've had anybody fall off after the 30-day trial. Okay, great. But if you don't want to keep going, it costs you $10 to go back to your job. It costs you $10 to go back to the life you were living. Hook it up, TridayTrading.com. Obviously, when we talk about quarterbacks, um, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers coming up in seven minutes. But this Jim Trotter lawsuit is a big, big deal. Did you guys hear about this? Jim Trotter 
is suing the NFL and NFL media saying, quote, the NFL has claimed it wants to be held accountable regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion. I tried to do so and it cost me my job. I hope this lawsuit leads to real change across the league and in the NFL media newsroom. And what is he accusing the NFL of? Here's his lawsuit right here. Terry Pagula, look at item number five. Terry Pagula, the owner of the Buffalo Bills, stated in reference to player protests against racial injustice, quote, if the black players don't like it here, they should go back to Africa and see how bad it is. Dude. Wow. Uh, And then if you look at item number six, Hey, that says Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, said, quote, if blacks feel some kind of way, they should buy their own team and hire who they want to hire. Do you believe this? Do you buy into this? Where do you where do you come down on this? I mean, you know, first we need to say you got to have serious cajones to be putting this type of stuff in writing, number one. Number two, if you're going to put it in writing, you damn well better have evidence. And I have to assume a man of Jim Trotter's experience and ability as a journalist has things in writing or on recording or something. He has some kind of way to. to legitimize this type of accusation because... I mean, you like those are very specific quotes, right? Like that's Oof. very specific. So, so I have to believe that he has evidence, and and so based on that, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, you you don't sue the NFL without evidence. The NFL is not one of those people that you mess with without having backup. No. So I have to believe he does. Does there anything change in the NFL because of this? I gotta tell you, I don't think it will. I am one of the people who believes I think there is a racial inequality issue uh, in ownership, management, you name it. Anything that doesn't require a player, there's racial inequity in the NFL. Anybody that rules over players is probably going to be white. Yeah. Anybody that owns a team is probably going to be white and a billionaire because that's what it takes. Yeah. I I just, again, and I know we've had this conversation on the show, this always comes up at least once a year where there is hard evidence. Recently, it's, it's been Daniel Snyder, the former owner of the Washington Commanders, who got run out of the NFL. And I think it is, it's one of those deals. It's very, very good for the NFL. But now what do we have? Jim Trotter suing the NFL and NFL media. And he is making these quotes are my man. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's, he's not, you know, accusing, you know, Pagula and Jones of, of like little things, of like just kind of light. No, you know, he's things. not. I mean, these are major accusations. I mean, we all freaked out when like the John Gruden email thing happened, right? I mean, this. I mean, if dude, if he's got these guys on recording, let's say as an example. Dude, that's, I mean, you are in deep. That's like, hey, you got to sell the team. I mean, these are direct quotes. So he's got it in writing or in record. We'll see how it uh, plays out. If these are actual, truly recorded quotes, man, the NFL is going to lose. And and when I say lose, it's going to wind up cutting him a check. Yes. That's really what this will come down to. We'll see how this this plays out. 
But this is this is no longer just that gnat buzzing around your ear. Yeah. Now this now this is this is a real problem for the NFL because this is a league, let's not forget, that really prides itself on the way that the public views the league as a business entity. It's a billion dollar league. And I would also remind you, this comes out on the same day, on the same day where Monday Night Football was the most watched ESPN Monday Night Football game ever last night. 22.6 million viewers. Now I know ESPN's struggling, right? And my God, they're just sweating that spectrum money. But I'd like to just point out that this is an all-time performance right here. This is, hey, we're ESPN. We have the best stuff. Everybody watches. And our ad partners are really happy about that. That's a hell of a lot of people watching Monday Night Look Football. That. Look at that. Watching Monday Night Football uh, up 14% over a year. Monday Night Football with Peyton and, uh, Peyton and Eli draws one and a half million viewers on the Peyton cast. Dude. This is a big, big win for the NFL. And you're talking about, remember that this game was on ABC as well. ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, NFL+. Plus. 22. 0.64 million viewers. That's not that's not nothing. Yeah. That is a big big deal. So the NFL seems to be doing well, and I wonder when does the NFL lose its bulletproof status? God, not anytime soon. Because how long have we been as a as a fan base, how long have we been talking about racial issues in the NFL? I mean, it, it goes back long before Colin Kaepernick, but just think back to Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. Think back to all of the fires that that started. And if you come forward from there, like it really hasn't gotten better. And every single year there's an Eric B enemy. Yes. Who's getting overlooked or it, like yes. every year it's something or somebody like this. And it's just so hard as somebody that supports the NFL. I already struggle with the head injuries and the brain damage and just the catastrophe that physically the NFL is on its participants. And then stuff like this comes out, and it, it it's maddening to me. Yeah, it it really is maddening to me that we see. Uh, it, it's maddening that we see this. Very interesting point by Mike Smith. I can't watch dumb face Eli. Okay, well I might have worded that a little different, Mike. Dumb face Eli. Now I have to give the Mannings credit. Dude, you got over a million people to watch just 1. your broadcast. 1.5 I mean, million. That's pretty good, dude. Yeah. That's pretty good. The funny thing is, the actual football game was not that interesting until the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Once A-Raj got hurt, I thought that was, you know, that obviously that was the huge story. Mm -hmm. uh, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, presented by TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com. Change your life, man. Stop making excuses and start keeping those promises that you've made to yourself. Build your confidence. Build your wealth. Provide for your family the way you've always dreamed of. You're just a click away at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you sign up for the $10 30-day trial membership. No obligation beyond those 30 days, but trust me, it's life-changing. You guys are going to love it. Uh, so many of our listeners have gone through the program, and they, they just thrive on it. 
Don't wait anymore. Go do it right now. Tridaytrading.com. Hour number two of the Monty Show is presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy. Buckedup.com. Whew. Went and played golf this morning. What was my breakfast today? Yeah, my breakfast today was a bucked up protein shake. Hey, I got my collagen peptides in my protein shake this morning. Excellent as always. And again, I told you in hour number one, had a buck shot right before we started playing. I actually played really well. Had a lot of energy, felt great. Today was probably as much energy as I have had on the golf course in some time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I found when I play golf in the morning, if I eat lighter, if I have a protein shake from Bucked Up, and again, I put in, you know, I can put in like collagen peptides. Generally what I put in there is I'll put in some uh, whey protein isolate from Bucked Up. I'll put in collagen peptides from Bucked Up. Um, and I'll put in my creatine into that shake. I'll put ice. I'll put almond milk or water. Today it was water. Shake it up. Drink it. It takes me two minutes to drink it, to drink a 30-ounce shake because it's really good. And then I'm just full. I have a lot of energy. I'm not hungry when I'm playing. Feeling great because of bucked up energy. Get there. Use the promo code MONTY20 to save 20% off your purchase at buckedup.com. Uh, Kevin Ch- uh, Chittenden, Giants O-line might be worse, dude. Dude, that's bad, bro. The O-line of the New York Jets is a problem. Conference Commissioner Gumby way. There you go. Um, let's see. Bucked up better than Viagra. <laughs> well, I mean, golf is sex, right? I mean, I mean, it was, admittedly, it was a lot of fun today. I mean, you know, to go out and... And we'll have a whole video coming out on the channel this week about, you know, my guys fitting here and, you got know. Fit with, I got fit last Wednesday, and I already have my clubs, and I've played around a round of golf in my clubs. Wild. Wild. Jim Choi says buckshot. Yeah, absolutely buckshot. Buckshot is guys. so good. It is, and it's, it's game-changing. I'm telling you right now, you guys, buckedup.com, just get the micro um, magnifying glass. The search thing, stupid. Yeah, the button. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and search for Buckshot. Watermelon and Blue Raz are my two favorite flavors. Uh, hook it up. Jeff Woodworth says uh, protein shakes and stiff shafts go together. Hey, now. Right, right. Hey, now. Stiff shafts. You know, it's fine. Um, let's see. When Peyton walks into a room, nerd alert, nerd alert. Do you guys like or not like Peyton Manning? Peyton and Eli. Where are you at on that? Uh, Mike Smith says Mrs. Monty away and Monty gets fit. Living dangerous. Mm-hmm. I hate when my wife travels. Um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Where are you guys at on this? Obviously, dudes, this is a big deal. Aaron Rodgers confirmed today by uh, Jets coach Robert Sala has a torn Achilles tendon after four snaps. And it's 100% because they don't have an offensive line. There to, Dwayne Brown got beat like a drum, which was remarkable. Um, I look at the way that that Becton played. I thought he got beaten very badly. You see Aaron Rodgers limp into that blue tent, and you're hoping it's an ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain. All right, a month. And then you see him get out of that tent and get on a cart, and you know instantly it's an Achilles. And it's just brutal. Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. The chances that Aaron Rodgers is coming back from a, a an Achilles tear, depending on you know, the seriousness of it, is it totally torn? Is it a partial tear? Where on the Achilles is it torn? All of those things are factors, right? He's 39 years old. And it is very difficult to outrun Father Time, who is, last time I checked, undefeated. Father Time is. 
it's very difficult to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to come back. Certainly not this year. He's done for the year. When training camp starts a year from now, is Aaron Rodgers the same quarterback that he was? I don't see any way that he is. I think he's done with the Jets, and I think there's a chance he's done in the NFL, Jake. And it's just a terrible ending to the Aaron Rodgers story. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I, terrible ending or not, I mean, I, I, I think that these things happen. And, and, and you know, last night in our uh, members-only group chat on Instagram, I said, you know, Aaron Rodgers went to a new team, tore his Achilles. Tom Brady went to a new team, won a Super Bowl. And, and I think that that's the difference between the great ones and the really good ones. Aaron Rodgers is a really good one who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and, you know... Uh, leaves most of his legacy in Green Bay. I think he's done wonderful work with Zach Wilson. I think that kind of showed it showed its place last night. I mean, obviously Zach, you know, didn't exactly ball out. It's not like he lit up the Bills' defense. It's not like he did anything crazy special. But what he did do was help them win the game. He wasn't so bad that they lost the game because of him, right? So to me, yeah, did it take Xavier Gibson with something special on that punt return? Yes, it did. Seriously, Yes, it did. And that was outstanding for Xavier. But at the same time, I just think that, uh, you know, the Jets are, I I, I don't know. The Jets have to either get better at drafting quarterbacks and developing quarterbacks, or they need to go out and find the next free agent quarterback that they want to sign that they think can take them to the Super Bowl. Because now... The question isn't whether you're going to the Super Bowl. The question is whether you're a playoff team or not with Zach Wilson totally as your quarterback. Totally agree. And, and, yes, that defense is all league and, and incredible, but but defense alone doesn't take you to the playoffs. you got to have an offense that can go down with 90 seconds left and win you the game, and you don't have that right now, and I think that's what's tough. Well, I also think that this question right here from John Teal for $2, Tom Brady to the Jets maybe, I don't see any way that happens. Mm -hmm. I think Tom Brady has worked very, very hard to announce that he is retired every time this happens. Every time there's a team that needs a, a, a quarterback, he has to announce he's retired. I just don't see him coming back, and not for the Jets. I think that right now the, the bigger question in my mind is Zach Wilson. And is Zach Wilson good enough at this point to lead the Jets in – you know what I would tell you? I think the biggest question here is Zach Wilson confident enough. He looks like a guy who plays with the fear of Vince Lombardi in him. Mm -hmm. And he just doesn't make good decisions. He does not make quick decisions. He is not authoritative on the field. I don't believe he commands a huddle. It's going to be very difficult to go through your entire training camp and your first four snaps with the authoritarian Aaron Rodgers on the field and then step into Zach Wilson, who just doesn't know where to put the football. And I think one of the hardest things for the Jets is this is the guy you picked second overall. And and you are confirming what you already know about him. Because let's not let's not spin this on Zach Wilson. I hope the guy succeeds. I I am a big believer that when you work your ass off to be the second pick in the NFL draft, it is a lot harder to fail than it is to work your ass off to become the number two pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. It's harder on you. It ruins you. You are not the same guy ever when you fail as the starting quarterback after you're the number two pick. I hope the guy succeeds. I just don't see any way it happens. I, I also believe that when quarterbacks get a chance, they either boom or bust right out of the gate. Trust me, I'm a traumatized Mitch Trubisky support, supporter. I know young quarterbacks with high expectations that fail. Oh, I'm also... 
a, a guy that wishes Justin Fields would succeed and he never will. Is Zach Wilson any better than Mitch Trubisky or Justin Fields? I think I can make a pretty strong argument he's not. He doesn't know where to go with the football. Can that guy lead the Jets to a Super Bowl? I don't know. Can Aaron Rodgers tutor him up and teach him up and learn him some leadership? I hope so, because if he can't, Jake, I think the Jets are doomed to fail. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's tough. Like, you, you're you're not in an easy division. And by the way, no. if I'm Tua in Miami, I'm feeling real nice right now. I'm 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 looking at, the, at this and I'm saying, hey, man, like we got we got a real shot here. And 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 I think that you know I look at quarterbacks around the league that have had a lot of adversity, and there's a several examples. You know, I I I think that. You know, Jordan Love has had a, a, a nice start to the season. Uh, I think there's not a better example than Tua. Tua learned how to fall and now is balling out, you know, and, and they look really good. Now, does he survive the season? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, does he consistently step out of bounds? Yes, but then he'll survive the season. If he doesn't do that, then he won't. Anthony Richardson, a guy that needs to learn to step out of bounds, a guy that needs to learn to throw the ball away. A guy who's already hurt. A guy who's already hurt because he runs too much, right? Dealing so with like, a bruised bone in his knee. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you're just you're seeing the NFL do what the NFL does, which is which is lay the wood to guys until they learn their lesson. And unfortunately for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers did nothing wrong. Father Time picked it up, and that's why I say, yesterday on the show, everyone espousing about the greatness of the Jets, dude. It's okay to say yesterday, hey, they got to prove many things. Even with Aaron Rodgers, you got to show me that offense is legit, right? Even with Aaron Rodgers, you got to show me Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy. Even with Aaron Rodgers, you yeah. got to show me that you are that team. By the way, let's talk about Josh Allen. What the hell was that last night? Can I just ask, what are we doing? And to your point, you are right, and take your, take your victory lap. Josh Allen is absolutely embarrassing. Josh Allen, dude, four picks last night? And I know their defense is really good. I know the Jets defense is outstanding, but I'm watching that game and I'm saying, hey, you got a guy who who has I, I mean, it must have been 20 yards of space at, you know, 20 yard opened by 20 yards, seven yards from the line of scrimmage. Check it down. They're doubling your best receivers. They don't want you to go over the top. Check the ball down. Then I know what's going to happen. The defense is going to come towards you. You can take your shot. I'm not an NFL coach. Not an NFL quarterback. I'm not Josh Allen. I'm yeah. not playing the game. But that seems like very simple X's and O's schematics. So I don't know where, you know, Josh Allen, the playoff winner, went. But but he's not here anymore. And that team is not, not good right now. I think that Josh Allen has the dreaded hero ball syndrome. I agree with you 100%. And I, I think that you have to believe at some point that this is a make-or-break season for Josh Allen and the Bills. I think one of the bigger questions I have, frankly, about the Jets is, do, is this offensive line going to get Zach Wilson murdered? Is he going to get murked next week? Because I think there is a real chance that when you look at the, the Jets, does anybody anybody realize where the Jets are going this week? Mm. Yeah, they're going to the Dallas Cowboys, who are favored by 8.5 points, and I think have one of the top three defenses in the NFL – and I think that the Jets have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. And I don't know how you fix that. I really don't. David C. Uh, says Jets should tank for Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I probably would not do that. I don't think you can do that. 
You know, there was a huge brawl on ESPN today about whether or not the Jets should go out and trade for a quarterback. I don't think you can do that. I think you're not in a situation where you can just have a fill-in for Aaron Rodgers because you gave up too much to get him. You paid him too much. And if you were going to tank for Caleb Williams, why didn't you go sign a Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Why didn't you Why didn't you go and sign a, 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 a Derek Carr? Why didn't you go sign one of the lesser quarterbacks? Well, because you're committed to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look at the laundry list of free agent quarterbacks that you could assign to tank. I mean, again, with all due respect to Carson Wentz, with all due respect to Jacoby Brissett, right? With all due respect to, I know, Colin Kaepernick, right? There's all these guys on the list that could play, that are free agents, that, you know, would be good villains. But that's not what you wanted to do. You wanted to go out and trade pick after pick to get an old-ass Aaron Rodgers who was never going to stay healthy this season because you didn't invest in your offensive line, and we haven't been the only ones saying that. There's been a lot of people who have said that. Now we're here. So, you know, I just I just think it, as, as unfortunate as it is because I was really looking forward to Aaron Rodgers having a chance to really legitimize himself as an all-time great, right, uh, to, to get to that yeah. second Super Bowl, to kind of get over that hump and really shut up the naysayers. Now we're not going to get to see that. And I agree with you. I think we seriously got to ask, hey, is that the last time we've ever seen Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. But at his age, that injury, that's going to be tough. Do we believe Aaron Rodgers that he was retired this summer when he was in that hole smoking? I know you don't smoke it. And by the way. Smoking his ayahuasca. Dude, can we stop making darkness retreat jokes about the blue 10 on the sideline, please? Like, the guy just tore his Achilles. Like, give the guy some slack. That was funny. But – I, he he claims in his hole in the ground that mm-hmm. he was retired right during his darkness retreat. He came out and said I was retired, and then he claimed all the shit talking from the Packers brought him back to life. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, Beavers on a rampage. Mike White greater than Zach Wilson. Mike White doesn't panic. Well, Mike White doesn't play for the Jets anymore. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for the Jets, uh, Jeff Woodworth says Drew Rosen is still available. Drew Rosen. Wow. Uh, how about a big shout out for Kyle A, who's been a member for five months? Turn the. Turn the, turn the there we go. Okay. There we go. There we go. All right. Cool. There we go. There you go. Uh, how about Sharon Eccles, who's been a member for eight months? There we go. Let's go, Sharon. Go Cubs. Uh, if Tua stays healthy, the Dolphins will be fourteen and three in the AFC East and the number one seed in the AFC, dude. There was not a better-looking quarterback in the NFL than Tua Tungavailoa this past weekend. Yeah. Not a better one. Not one single. The the confidence he is playing with, oh, my God. He is going to murder, fellas, because he's really good right now. Yep. He is really, really good right now. And I, Jaron, you, you may be saying that in jest, but I wouldn't be saying that in jest. I actually think that Tua Tungavailoa, I want his brain to survive. I do. But every time he takes the field, I I can't watch anymore. It is terrifying to watch him play football. Well, I think that, I I mean, it is. But at the same time, I feel a little better about Tua now that he's not doing the whole fall backwards, slam my head on the ground thing. I mean, I I think that, you know, this is a guy that understands that he can't be taking huge shots, that he can't just run around and, you know, hope for the best. Like, he understands, okay – I need to learn my offense and know it to the point where I can throw guys open. Know it to the point, like Dan Orlovsky does his, you know, famous tape breakdown on ESPN, you know? And he's showing this clip where 
where Tua's got a guy up the right sideline who's running a post, a Tyreek Hill, running a post to the middle of the hill, uh, to the middle of the field, right to left. And Tyreek's surrounded by three guys. And Tua's throwing it to an open spot for Tyreek to run to. Like, dude, you know the offense. You know where your guy's going to be. No, no. You're throwing him open. No, you know the defense and what they're trying to do to you. And you know your offense and how it works when the defense is doing what it's doing to you. That's the thing that is next level about Tua. He actually, exactly what you're saying, he's dominating because he's well-prepared. And I, I don't know, man. Jaron, I, I hope he does because I would love to, love to see Tua Tungavailoa win an NFL MVP, to see him lead a team to a Super Bowl after all the adversity he's had on the injury front from the hip, all the injuries at Alabama, the high ankle sprain, he almost snapped his leg in half at Alabama. Then he broke his hip. Now all the concussions. Like, come on, my guy. Let's let's stay healthy for 20, 25 games and watch you win a Super Bowl. And make some money. Because they are they're great. And real quick on the money front, that's the whole thing about the Aaron Rodgers injury. Do you guys realize how much money the Jets won't make this year because Aaron Rodgers is hurt? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's tough. Boss Frog, that Porsche stud. Boss Frog today, we just get off the golf course. And Jake's like, oh boy, Boss Frog sent us a DM. Yeah. And it's a video of Boss Frog at his Porsche dealership. And one of, I just, I am a huge fan of Porsche. As Stay a hard! Brand. And what was a 918? 918 Spider. Which is an electrical assisted V8. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It's faster than Shador Sanders. Right. Which is tough to believe. Right. Or Tyreek. Well, it's not faster than Tyreek Hill. It's the Cheetah, line. dude. Come on. The Cheetah. Uh, that's one of the nicest cars. And I was in a public place, and you may I'm have... I'm so bricked up right now. I had to cover. Uh, the Bears. The Bears are the best franchise in league history. Karma is a real bitch, Monty. <coughs> I just... What do we do with the Bears? Honest to goodness. You continue to accept that they are never going to win anything until they get sold. And until a new voice comes in the room and says, hey, maybe we'd like to have an offensive-minded head coach at some point. You have a new president. You have a new general manager. Yeah, well, like they're you all have not a, correct. A new head coach. A new, and it's just a flipping disaster. You can't get a stadium deal done even though you said you had three done. I, I just don't know what to do with this team. It's so – and we, we, we half joked about it on the, on the show yesterday. But it, it, I'm a long-suffering Chicago sports fan. I have the Cubs in recent times, but we were playing golf with a friend of ours, and, and we were talking about the Blackhawks. And I was like, Rocky Wirtz died. We got Connor Bedard, but how long until we see Connor Bedard? Hopefully this year right away, and he's a star – I need the Blackhawks to be good. I need the Bulls to be good. I need the Cubs to be good. The Cubs better beat the Rockies tonight because they're my prize picks, which we're going to deliver in nine minutes. Thanks. But the Chicago Bears are never good. Yeah. Again, this is a team that in my lifetime, and I'm 50 years old, we've never been close to having the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Kyle Orton was not the best quarterback in the NFL. Flexi, Rexy Grossman, not the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Captain Khakis, not the best quarterback in the NFL. Steve Fuller, 
Jim McMahon, my guy, I love you to death, not the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. The list is endless of guys. Yeah. Eric Kramer, not the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. It, it drives me crazy. Uh, B says, Jake, did you just say give the guy some slack? His Achilles ran out of slack last night. No, Shake my head. No, no. Really, Jake? You're making trying, slack on a guy's Achilles tendon? that joke, dude. You think that's funny? I'm just – it. We have to say it. Aaron Rodgers has been a red ass his whole career. It's and now karma. It's funny how it's worked out, isn't it? It is absolutely karma. There is no question about it. You can't. There is no way to spin this. There is no way to to josh around. It's karma, bro. Mm. Yet you got you got murked last night because you're a dick. Yeah. You you what you did, and the and the best part is what you did. The other, the other best part of this is, and the thing that I love about it, what you did is you made Jordan Love a superstar. Yeah, and, and I think what, what really bothers me about the Aaron Rodgers situation is it's like Aaron Rodgers wanted to talk all this junk, and he wanted to be you know this, this guy that was threatening retirement every year and yeah. wanted to do the darkness retreats and wanted to go on Rogan's podcast and talk about ayahuasca and like do all this stuff and that's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Yeah, you know, like cool dude, you're a superstar, but you know what 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 the reason I'm a Brady guy and not a a Rodgers guy and let's set all the Super Bowls aside, right? Even though I think that's what defines Tom Brady. Set all those aside. Tom Brady was never an asshole about it. Tom Brady was never a guy who was like, ah, I'm, "I I I got to go sit in sit in a hole." And threaten retirement. Yes. Was there questions about <laughs> sit in a was hole there, and threaten was retirement? There, was there questions? Did people say to Tom, "Hey, you know, we know you're coming down to the end of it. Do you think this is the last time we're going to see you?" The media was asking Tom about that. Right? It wasn't Tom threatening. No. And that's what I don't like about Aaron Rodgers. And that's why last night when I was watching this game, I said, "Wow, that really sucks for Jets fan. I feel for Jets fan." I do totally. not feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers, and I do not want to hear. You don't have any sympathy no, for Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely none. You know why I don't have sympathy for Aaron Rodgers? Because his ass was more uh, more interested in ayahuasca and darkness retreats rather than putting his ass in the gym and training like but the, he should. Wait, 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 wait. Like he he's should. He's never been questioned for being in shape or out of shape. Yeah, but you know what he's been questioned for? He doesn't want to go to OTAs. He doesn't want to mentor quarterbacks well, over the course of I his career. With. He doesn't want to go the extra mile. But but yet when it comes to Tom Brady, we all want to mock this guy for being a vegan and for taking care of himself and banging, for doing Banging all, hot models. Right? Banging hot models. Like we want to do, we want to make mouth fun kissing, of Tom. Mouth, mouth kissing his kids yeah, on his right? Facebook show. Right? That's what we get to talk about with Tom. So- Tommy. So, so I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't professional, but what I'm saying is that when you're 39 years old, yeah, you probably should be a vegan. But, but you, let's let's be honest. Jake, what's the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? What Aaron did you Rodgers say today? doesn't win. That's exactly right. Jake, in our pre-show meeting, was like, F that guy. He doesn't win. Tom Brady's got rings, bro. I'm just tired of it, dude. I'm tired of it. And I, I am excited to see the NFL for one year. One year. Let's see some new names. Let's see what Patty Mahomes can do without Travis Kelsey for a cup of coffee, which is lose games. Let's see. Hey, is Jared Goff that guy, or did they only win that game because what Travis is that Kelsey wild was out? stat that you that you showed yeah, Jared, me? Jared Goff. I can't remember the exact number. It's like Jared Goff is on the third longest streak in NFL history for most 
pass attempts uh, without an interception. I think, I think it was 368 or something like that, somewhere in the 300 attempt range. The media asked him about it. Hey, what do you think of this this run you're on, this record you're yeah. on? Yeah. And he said, or, or the streak, that was the term. Hey, what do you think about your streak of attempts versus no interceptions? And Jared Goff said, what streak? I don't know about any streak. We're just focused on next week. And that's what I'm saying, dude. I, I, I don't, I get burned out on... Man, like Aaron Rodgers, oh, I'm immunized. You get and burned out on you get meant. burned out on prima donna guy who yeah. never has any repercussions. Yeah, and I think the biggest issue is Aaron Rodgers doesn't win. And I've said this a hundred times as a bitter ass broken Bears fan. Aaron Rodgers is the most overrated quarterback in the history of the NFL, bar none. Aaron Rodgers is supposedly this great thrower of the football, and he is. But we talk about Aaron Rodgers in NFL circles like the guy's got a pile of rings, and frankly, he does not. Aaron Rodgers has more disappointment than he has rings. It's that simple. He doesn't win playoff games at home. And until he wins playoff games at home, what does it flipping matter? It doesn't. And now he may never play in another playoff game at home. Yeah. When what was the expectation was supposed to win a Super Bowl? You're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that at all. Uh Let's see. Cleveland Rocks. Watson or Jackson? Who's better? Watson or Jackson? Um, Lamar Jackson's better. If they're both 100%, I think Deshaun Watson will never be that guy again. Yeah. Washcloth man will never be that guy again. He won't. Never, ever be that guy again. He's. You can see, you don't sit out almost two years and think you're just going to come back and be that dude. Yeah. He's not that dude. He is no longer that dude. He sput- sputtered through like... Come on now. Lopes Fan Gabe, who's been a member of the show for eight months. Go, Lopes. Stud. What cutting-edge innovation did Apple roll out today? USB-C on the iPhone? Dude, I tried to order it, and they're, uh, they're not available <laughs> until Friday. I'll be one of the first MFers, or excuse me, one of the first sheep in line to order the iPhone 15 <coughs> Pro Max. Must be nice. Because it is fast. That's what I'm in for. You're not wrong, Lopes fan, Gabe. You are not wrong. Uh, Beeves on a rampage for $10. Carson Wentz update. Oh, boy. 151 pass TDs to 66 interceptions. And currently enjoying his $45 million net worth in North Dakota. $45 million in North Dakota lasts forever. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. I would never sign Carson Wentz. Uh, I, I, again, damaged goods in a, in a very bad way. Yeah. Is Carson Wentz an option? Is mm. Carson Wentz an option not for the more, New York he's Jets? He's not more of an option than, like, I think Brissett's a great option. I think that, you know, Carson Wentz is a guy who gets hurt constantly. That's why he's in North Dakota and not on the Colts anymore, dude. Right? Like, this is a guy that yeah. can't stay healthy. So, I, again, like, I don't even dislike Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz had a chance to, at one point, with the Eagles, had a chance to be a Hall of Famer. He was on that track. And then he couldn't stay healthy. And now his ass is sitting on the couch in North Dakota. That's what happens to guys in the league. Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan, who do you call if you need a quarterback today? I'm calling Matt Ryan. And, by the way, can, real quick, real quick, can, can we just point out that his broadcast team did him dirty as hell <laughs> on his first ever broadcast. Man, bro, 
you'd have thought that this team was up 28 to 3 at the half and yet it's only 10-10. Hey Matt, what do you think about that? I mean, just incredible. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Hmm. There are options out there if they don't want if they don't want Zach Wilson. There are options out there if you want better prize picks. Prizepicks.com. Make sure that you download uh, the Prize Picks app on your phone. Use the promo code Monty to get a hundred percent deposit matching. Um, or just click the link in the description below. Every day at 3.30 uh, Pacific, 6.30 Eastern, we give you our prize picks for the day. Uh, I'm I'm in love with my prize picks. Now, I, I tell you every day, hey, you guys know this already. I'm good looking. I'm smarter than you and your wife. <laughs> your wife loves this show. Now, that's all taken for granted every single day, right? No. I think I've hit it every time. Thank you, Coach. Uh, I tell you every day on the show that I'm terrible at fantasy. I've been on a hot streak like nobody's business. I mean, I'm almost like Notre Dame. I mean, I don't know how I'm doing it. I, I, I don't. But I have won serious bread, so here are my prize picks today. Uh, I'm all in on my R and we... The Chicago Cubs. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bears there for a second. Go Cubs. Nobody's in on the Bears. The Bears aren't (laughs) in on the Bears. Uh, Look at that top one, though. Here's what I love about prize picks, you guys. Mookie bets half a total base. He's on sale. They're giving you a win. All he's got to do is single. All he's got to do is get a base hit, and you guys are – you win that one. So I'm going more on Mookie bets. Javier Assad getting the start for the Cubs against the Colorado Rockies. Now, this goes one of two ways, sir. Stop. Goes one of two ways. Goes one of two ways. Why are you going to be a hater right now? And, th- and that's in uh, Colorado. Colorado. So. Ball flies. Yes, it does. But Javier, my, my boy Javi, if you look at him. Oh, he's your new Javier, right? Because Baez is no longer a Cub. Javier Baez. Bays? I've never heard of him. Anyway, the point is uh, he has been he has been dealing. He had a rough outing against Arizona. He's going to bounce back today against a really bad Colorado team. If you look at what I need from Javier, I need four strikeouts from Javier. Right? That's what Javier's got to get me for the win because I went more. Um, he's a strikeout machine. Seven seven four four two three four four. So he routinely routinely surpasses the bar of three and a half strikeouts. So we're going with three there. And then how about my guy, Mm -hmm. Cody Bellinger? Here's why I like Cody Bellinger today. Number one, he's three for three when I pick him in uh, prize picks. He's going up against a guy named Chris I ain't flexing. Yeah. Chris Flexen has a 7-3-6 ERA. Nice name. Yeah, dick. Um He is uh, in the month of September. It's not getting better. He's got an eleven two five ERA. Um, he's given up ten earned runs, eleven hits, four bombs, 14, 14 ground ball, eighteen fly ball, eight innings, a hundred and fifty eight pitches. Mm-hmm. My man gives up hits, and Cody Bellinger is hitting well. I love it. This is, I went with the flex play. So on prize picks, and I think you guys probably know this already. On prize picks, you can go flex. You bet $20. You put up $20 to win $45 in daily fantasy. Mm-hmm. If you go straight away, you put up $20 bucks to win $100. Bucks, right. But you got to go three for three. 
Now, that's what I did today. You went three for three I today. I went power play today. Now, my prize picks oh. are very similar to your prize picks, but here's the difference. Chris Bryant, right in the middle there, against your boy, right? Against your boy, Javi, to strike out once tonight. All I need my boy to do is strike out once tonight. Wow. And we're in a good place. Why do you say hurtful things like this? Well, because he's a strikeout machine. He is. I'm trying to understand why you do hurtful things like this. The idea that the Rockies thought that Chris Bryant would replace Nolan Arenado tells you who the Rockies are, dude. Chris Bryant, in his last 10 games, two strikeouts. Zero, one, zero, two, one, 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 zero, zero, one, zero. You're screwed. No, I'm in a good you're, place. You're losing. I'm in a good place. You're a loser. No, I'm in a good place. <laughs> I think you are in a good place. Mookie bets. You took my Mookie bets. I did. Yeah. Well, that one. But see, again, it's what you said. I mean, how do you not take that? I mean, you the, have the, to. You They're have giving to, it to you. They're saying, hey, here's money. Take it. They're giving it to so, you. So, again, the difference here, and I've never won a power play before on prize picks. I'm a flex play guy. I'm not great at this. So, I always flex play, give myself some insurance. Yep. But I'm going power play tonight because I feel really good. Against the Rockies, that a guy like Bellinger has a big night. Chris Bryant strikes out once, and Mookie Betts gets on base one time. Okay. I feel like that's pretty safe. Okay. I uh, I feel like we're both in good shape here. Yeah. I feel like we're both in good shape here. Yeah. Um, hook it up. Where are you guys at uh, on your prize picks? Um, I'm with it, man. I'm absolutely with it. I love playing prize picks. I think you guys know that. Um, Dolphins, uh, whoa, hey now, Boss Frog, Ravens were good. Okay. Uh, Monty Rankum for $5. 72 Dolphins, 75 Steelers. Well, the Steelers are better than the Dolphins. 89 Niners, 92 Cowboys, 07 Pats. And we're... Um, I think you have to go 07 Patriots. 75 Steelers, 89 Niners, 92 Cowboys, 72 Dolphins. That's where I'm at with it. That's where I'm at with it. That's the one that I'm at. Mark Thorpe. Do, uh, Smoot and Robinson both playing for my Jaguars. Tore their Achilles tendons on the Jets' turf. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have torn his Achilles on grass. No, he wouldn't have because his toe would have given away. And they talked about that. Uh, Matt Life is not. Is is not forgiving. It, Matt life is not forgiving at all. It it, it never has been. Um, Riley O'Brien, we fence by Jim Harbaugh is the new. Uh, by the way, is what I was told in my office today. It's a we fence. Okay, okay, that's fine. Did the Pats even win? Oh, well, I don't know. Was that the? I don't know, Boss Frog. Was that the? Uh, was that the bar? Was it who wins a championship? <laughs> Um, because I think that you have to, man, I think if you look at that list of teams, I am pretty sure. I think, mm, who was on that team? If you think about that roster was you guys, come on. Who are we? Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? Eight, eight pro bowlers, nine, all pro. And they did that. No, that's a year. That's the helmet catch. Mm -hmm. That's the Eli Manning helmet catch. So they did not go. Uh, they did not go undefeated. Tom Brady, Kevin Folk, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, 
Kyle Brady, Ben Watson. That's right. Kyle Brady was Matt on that Light, team. Logan Mankins, uh, yeah, Dan that Copen, line. Steve Neal. Oh, uh, let's see. How Logan about, how about, how about on uh, how about on defense? Any of these oh. names stand out? Uh, Ty Warren, Vince Wilfork, Jarvis Green, Mike Rabel. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bruschi. Uh, Asante Samuel. Yeah, the 07 Pats are, I think. Rodney I, Harrison. I think the 07 Pats. The 89 49ers, though. Man, you guys. Uh, the 89 49ers. Let me look up that roster. Um, the, oh, my God. I can think of. There are only a couple of teams that are. Because that was still the DeBartolo years. Steve Bono was, oh my, Steve Bono. Do you guys remember Steve Bono? Oh my God. They went 14 and two. That's right. Oh my God. That team was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And they are the, um, oh my God. You guys, Roger Craig, Ronnie Lott, Guy McIntyre, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and John Taylor. That's crazy how many good players they had on that team that's that's wild that's wild I remember that Super Bowl against the Broncos mm-hmm. I remember that against the Broncos I the 92 and now they're like no do the Cowboys now 92 Here Cowboys we well this is one of the best teams ever though I I think that that oh that Patriots team Patriots or Niners 89 Niners were bro but Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, I think Jay Novacek is arguably one of the greatest tight ends nobody ever talks about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Newton, Stepnoski. Think about the guys on that roster, you guys. That was the Bills Super Bowl. Man, I wanted the Bills to win that Super Bowl so badly. Troy Aikman, that's the year he threw for, he went bananas, and I think he, in that day and age, 23 touchdowns. Yeah. Look at that. Look at the Jew Lord. Ken Norton Jr. Oh, my God. Remember Larry Brown with the... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know. I'm going to say 07 Patriots, 89 Niners, 92 Cowboys, 75 Steelers, 70... The Dolphins have always been overrated. Mm-hmm. Am I... The, am I, I'm not trying to be a jerk about that. Dan Marino's the ultimate overrated quarterback, no? Okay. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Why would lump Dan Marino into that? Because is it Achilles tendon day? And why do we play the game? Why to win championships? <coughs> to win, I. That's why I, you guys rank them. Who's I? I think I got to go. Oh seven Patriots. Yeah. Well, they didn't win a championship, but I don't care. I, I think that roster. Ninety two Cowboys or eighty nine Niners. Man, that eighty nine Niners team was just so damn good. I mean. Stupid good. Yeah. Stupid, stupid good. I don't, that's really tough for me. Was that still, was that, who, who, was that Walsh or was that Seifert? I think that was Seifert. Yeah, I think I got to go, I think I got to go Joe Montana. Because that was one of his best years ever. Tom Rathman on that team. I mean, John Taylor. As a as your your best kick returner, 
you think about the guys that led that. I mean, Jerry Rice and John Taylor. I think I got to go with. I think I got to. I I think you've got to put the Patriots one, eighty nine Niners, ninety two Cowboys, Steelers, Dolphins. Done. Done. Great. Done. I think that's where I'm at on it. You you hate me, don't you? Jake's like I can't even have this conversation. Jim Choi, sixty nine Jets would stop. Stop it. I and and maybe we can have this fight too. You weren't even boiling in anybody's bag. Yeah, I'll just I, I I'll just check out. Okay. Joe Namath was the most overrated quarterback ever. Let's stop. Like Joe Namath is not one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He's one of the most overrated quarterbacks. Ever. He's not one of the best quarterbacks ever. Stop. That's not even a conversation. Stop. Come on now. Gregory Krug says Terry Brad Terry Bradshaw is not overrated. Terry Bradshaw, now, Terry Bradshaw did not carry. He's not the reason that they won singularly. I would put that on their defense. But if you look at Terry Bradshaw, you don't accidentally be overrated and win four Super Bowls. You don't, you don't, you're not the Super Bowl MVP twice on one of the greatest teams ever. And multiple of those Steeler teams are the greatest teams ever. I mean, he was an NFL MVP. Uh, I, I mean, come on. Through the uh, passing leader, touchdown leader, what, what, are, what are we even talking about? Now, did he throw too many damn interceptions? Yes, Terry Bradshaw threw way too many interceptions. But he was not overrated, in my opinion. Uh, I just, come on. Yeah. I don't, you know. Uh, Gary Wolf says it was Walsh. No, I think it was George. Now you're going to make me look it up. That 89-Niners, I'm almost certain, was... <coughs> Damn, I just had the roster right here. Uh, the 89... George Seifert, 14-2. and two. Are you serious? That they only gave up 253 yards that year? Oh, my God. Or 253 uh, points that year? Stop. Come on. Mike Smith, Dolphins not only won eight-game regular and post, but also probably did so with the least of all uh, the teams listed. Yeah, maybe. I'm not. I, I, I'm a big believer that it's very difficult to compare the '89 Niners, '92 Cowboys, '07 Patriots to anything the '70s Dolphins did. The game is so different. Yeah, so different. Uh, Beeves on a rampage for five dollars. Best defense ever. '85 Bears versus '00 Ravens. Um, I think that again, two different eras, that Ravens defense legit, but the bears had a linebacking core. Come on now that those bears, Otis Wilson, Wilbur Marshall, Mike Singletary, you know, a lot of people forget about, you know, William Perry. A lot of people forget about Dan Hampton, a hall of famer. Like their front seven is the best front seven that has ever been assembled. Steve McMichael. I mean, that front seven's the best front seven ever. It, I, I'm not even sure. Honest to goodness. I, like, you talk about sure bets. I mean, you know the best when you hear it. And when you hear the advocates, you know they're the best. If you've been injured in a car accident, even if it wasn't your fault, you still have to deal with the consequences. Like overdue medical bills, car repairs, and worse, insurance companies that try their hardest not to pay their fair share. No need to worry, though. The advocates are here to help. The advocates, theadvocates.com. No love for my guy over here? The, the, the 07 Patriots of 
injury attorneys that it, George, <laughs> George Seifert of injury attorneys. Uh, the Advocates at theadvocates.com. You guys, you can chat with an injury attorney live online. Uh, I uh, The biggest question I get about the Advocates, hey, bro, do they do workman's comp? Yes, they do workman's comp. Yes, they do workman's comp. They've seen it all. Uh, and I always tell you about my one of our viewers that, that hurt his ankle. He got his ankle crushed by a forklift. Yes, they do workman's comp. Absolutely, they do. Theadvocates.com where you never pay the advocates out of your pocket and you can chat with an attorney for free. It doesn't cost you a cent to talk to an attorney today at theadvocates.com. All right, a couple more on this football 50 uh, coming up. Boss Frog, Richard Dent, one of the best defensive ends ever. Yes. Who the f*** is that guy? Alex Reyes says, Dub Bears. Uh, Gregory Krug says, Bradshaw has 212 TDs and 210 interceptions. Too many interceptions. That's the one knock on him. Tony, hey, Tone, uh, the Buddy Ryan Bears. Buddy Ryan was such a jerk. Oh, my God. But, man, he could coach. He was a defensive. He should have never been a head coach. No, Buddy totally Ryan not. should never have no. been a head coach. Nope. Um, <laughs> Beavers on a rampage. Carson Wentz, 155 touchdowns, 66 interceptions. Cool, bro. Tarrant County, boy. 2013 Seahawks. There's an overrated football team. Defense wasn't overrated. That is a defense. That's not an offense. Yeah. That's what that is. MJ Bissett. MJ Bissett? We used to have somebody named MJ Bissett that would comment on this show. I mean, obviously, that doesn't happen anymore. Right. What? Ravens 2000 team had more rules limiting the brutality they could dish out. How many first downs do the Bears give up via penalty just from hard hits in the 2000s era? Yeah, and I, I think it's really hard. Well, Michael or Kobe? LeBron, I'm telling you now, Ann Edwards is better than Michael. Like, you can't compare him across eras. Jerry West or Magic Johnson? I don't know. And I've never... Nobody ever said Luca. Dylan Brooks um, or Ron Artest Malice at the Palace? Go. Like, (laughs) we can't keep comparing guys across eras. I think that's a great point, MJ. Uh, OG Gary, what's up, my guy? Did G off, a.k.a. Mr. Spinal, use the <laughs> Why? Why? Oh, my God. Kevin Spinal. <laughs> you guys are such jerks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers needs to call the advocates. He does. That turf, he should sue. Uh, Gregory Krug. Steve McMichael was also in the Four Horsemen. Yeah, Did but- you guys see that merger got done today? UFC and WWE and... Vince McMahon is done with the WWE. Yeah, see you later. He is, he is chairman and in name only. He has no decision-making or influence over professional wrestling any longer. How wild is that? Yeah. Are you guys professional wrestling fans? I'm not at all. No. Uh, Jim Choi, Red Arbach of the Boston Celtics. Red Arbach or Phil Jackson? Exactly. Having fun is the name of the game. Bob Cousy or Steve Kerr? Go. No. You know. No. No. Uh, Jim Choi, Buddy was the real head coach of the 85 Bears. He got the ride at the end. Well, so did Ditka. Wearing one of the... I will I will regret until the day I die. For Christmas the next year, I got that Bears sweater vest that just said Bears across the, the, um, the Tiots. And um, I regret to this day, to this day, I regret giving that to the Salvation Army in Chicago. Bro, what? 
I gave you it away. gave it away? I was moving from an apartment to a townhouse with a bunch of bros. We were baseball. We played baseball together, worked in restaurants, like had a great thing. We were hammered all the time but when I was like 19. And I had this bear sweater that was my prized possession. And I just, I was like, you know, oh, I never wear this thing. Gave it away. So much regret. My 85 Chicago Bears garbage can. Oh, so much regret over that thing. I would love to have that right now. Yeah. Would love to. I don't. Uh, Gary Wolf, that guy that tackled Rodgers might be as heavy as a forklift. Well, I mean, both those. Leonard Floyd, the play before. Uh, Mike Smith, Mongo, yes. Vince Scott, uh, G. Cade. George Kleopkoff, he did get pushed out. Tarrant County, boy. Boss Frog, where do the 2023 Horn Frogs rank? Oh, right there. With the... Okay. Nope. Uh, wow. Look at this. John DeLau, JDL. Uh, real men lose interest in fake wrestling right around puberty. Damn, bro. Dude, I love WCW. Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, when Sting would just sit up in the rafters and never wrestle. <laughs> wrestling. Uh, Boss Frog says not top 100. Uh, the Big Lubbock. Tim Duncan or Carl Malone with guys, a C, not guys, a K. Guys, Go. guys, guys, You realize Carl Malone is spelled K-A-R-L, right? Carl, Carl Malone. <laughs> nice name. Uh, fat Jesus, Grocock or Tanner? Go. Grocock or guys, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Hello, here, man. More legendary. Grocock? Corey Grocock is a real name on this show. Go back. Fat Jesus. Wow. Always stirring the pot. Uh, Mike Smith, best stuntman ever, the fall guy, Hooper, or Super Dave Osborne, the fall guy? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, hey, Tone, I stopped watching wrestling when Sting ended the Crow era in 1999. Oh, remember that? I no, I, that. I don't actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I had a Lakers satin jacket in the 80s. Now it's worth thousands. I know. Totally. I had a Chicago Cubs starter jacket, one of those quarter zip pullover starter jackets. Oh, my God. I would give a right. No, I wouldn't give a right nut for that. I would actually. No, I wouldn't. No. Nope. I wouldn't. Um, Let's see. Big blue horses. Four horsemen, baby. Woo. Exactly right. Low key. Grocock Lopes fan games. <laughs> Gabe, you voted for Grocock. Cock. You voted for him. His I cock. know you did. Uh, let's see. Adams. Whoa. Tarrant County, boy. I love Shane McMahon's theme song. I've never heard it. Adams P. Jordan or LeBron? Okay, guys, guys. <laughs> I knew today would be shitty. Michael Jordan wore low tops in 1984. If you make him wear low tops and then you have LeBron wear LeBron 10 mids, watermelon colorway. Can't do it. OG Gary, I wish I kept my number eight Kobe jersey. Oh, me too. Me too. I really regret. Jake and I won an auction for some Kobe uh, Pro Trail Bruce Lee's. And they were selling for like three times what we paid for them on StockX. So Jake sold them. I wish we hadn't done that. Me too. They Me were in Jake's size. Too. Yeah. Made a pretty penny on those though. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, man, Chad Masters, Dr. Kelly Brackett or Dr. Joe Early? Kelly Brackett. I'm in season five of Emergency when he was, like, up Dude, doing that. we're talking the... about an 80s TV show right now. No, we're not. 
We're talking about a 70s oh, TV show. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Uh, Tarrant County boy, who can now forget the McMahon strut? Oh, man. Uh, MJ Bissett, NWO versus the Generation X. NWO all day. Uh, the air all the way. Johnny, uh, Johnny Gonzalez. Jordan could wear flip-flops and still get 60. He could. Do you guys have a piece of sports memorabilia you wish you had kept? Whether it's a jersey, a jacket, mine's that Bears uh, sweater vest. Like, do you have one of those, Jake? Yeah, those Co- those Kobe's, for sure, hundred percent. That's the one, hundred percent. Yep, yep. Don't have a pair of Kobe's. I don't know. Have I lost interest in shoes? No, I haven't. But I'm so into golf now. Yeah. But if I had one piece of memorabilia, see, I grew up in the 80s. Like, I was born in 73. Like, right around 78, 79, I, I have memories of clothing. Bro, there are so many. I wish that I had a, a well-fitting pair of corduroy pants. You guys remember when corduroy pants were cool mm-hmm. and not something you found at, like, some stupid five-and-dime store now? Like, I... There's a lot of things I wish I had kept. I had I had so many Cub baseballs that I had gotten at batting practice or signed. I don't even know where they went. So many baseball cards. I have no idea where they went. But it's more the clothing, the starter jacket, the that Chicago Bears sweater. I had my mom one year for my birthday let me go shopping. There, you guys remember they used to send starter catalogs to your house? Mm-hmm. She let me go shopping in the NBA store in the starter catalog. And I was a huge 76ers fan when I was younger. And I will never forget the first time I ever got starter Philadelphia 76ers authentic game shorts. No idea where those are. I'm for real. Oh, my God. Or, do you guys remember Orlando Woolridge? You probably don't. But Orlando Woolridge, the big O, met him at the athlete's foot. At Deerbrook Mall in Northbrook, Illinois. Oh my God. Oh my God. Dude, there's so I'm many. I'm so bricked up right now. MJ Bissett, Euler, uh, Houston Oilers jacket. Okay. Uh, OG Gary, I really want the Kobe threes. Everybody wants the Kobe threes. Kobe auctions for the next year are going to be very difficult to win, I think. Uh, Mike Smith, original bla- uh, back and red air, black and red air Jordans. I have a pair. Not original, but the, the re release. Uh, Richard Tracy, Dr. Spock or Mr. Spock? Mr. Dr. Spock. Uh, Mike Smith, black and red, yes. Uh, Jim Choi, Sears, tough skins. Man, remember Sears and Roebuck? Uh, Beavers on a rampage. I have Sammy Soso Way jersey with Cubs across the front. As someone who lived four blocks from Wrigley, I still wear it with pride. Three times, 60 home runs. Yeah, I can't. Jake almost wet himself as a young man. Do you remember that? No. At Wrigley Field, I took Jake when I worked at Fox back in the day. I took Jake to Wrigley Field, and he got to meet, on the field, he got to meet Sammy Sosa, and he was Who the f*** is that guy? I think I still might have a Sammy Sosa batting practice jacket, actually. I have some, yeah, you know. Uh, Any, me and my uncle gave... uh, my uncle gave me his old Laker Letterman's jacket. I don't know where it's at. I think I gave it uh, to my ex. You son of a biscuit. You gave it to a woman. Uh, Jeff Woodworth signed MJ Dream Team shorts. Oh, Damn, 
Yes. Tarrant County, boys. 70s and 80s were the Adidas and Converse All-Star days. Oh, man. Dude, you are not kidding. Uh, MJ Bissett, MJ Dream Team Shorts, how much you sell it for? <laughs> exactly right. Gary Wolf, uh, Dr. J or the Ice M? No idea. Uh, JDL, Dalton Hilliard signed Saints programming card that got drenched in water while I was moving into a new apartment in the rain. Oh, damn. Damn. Uh, Mike Smith, corduroy pants would start fires if you ran in them. Dude, do you remember the sound that the corduroy with your thighs rubbing together would make? (laughs) 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 Oh, I loved it. I loved Garanimals, dude. Best brand ever. Brandon Butler, a couple more. Uh, my autographed Black and Blues Brother poster from the 85 Bears. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Lamont Tucker. What's up, Lamont? Uh, Chris Weber and Juwan Howard, Washington Bullets, and a Rob Palinka, Michigan jersey. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Love that. Love that. Love, love, love that. Um, LB Seminole. Autographed pair of Rain Man 2s. Wow. How rare are those? Mike Smith, Gary Payton used Glove of Love. Oh, stop. <laughs> LV Cinema, I do have a signed supersonic flag. Peyton Kemp and George Carl. That's worth buck. Absolutely. Giggity, what's up? I've never gotten rid of my Monty Show shirt. See? Now we're talking big dollars. <laughs> Justin has a Hakeem Olajuwon rookie card. Let's Damn. go. Uh, the big logic, Iceman over Dr. J. George Gervin was a stud, but Dr. J, dude, come on now. MJ Bissett, uh, Rain Man 2s, Sean Kemp has like 15. Oh, that is baby mamas you're talking about shoes, my bad. Wow. David C., OJ Simpson rookie card. Is it worth anything? Has to be. Conference Commissioner Gumby. OJ Simpson isotoner gloves. <laughs> Isotoner. Oh uh, yeah, guys, 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 guys! I've got uh, OJ's knife. It was really cool. You know, you know, uh, you know. My wife is awesome. She's on a big work trip this week, which mm-hmm. I will say I slept like a baby last night. Mm-hmm. I went home. She made. She kind of like meal prepped for me. She made me roll gold potatoes. I'm for real. Cut them in, I cut them in half, put them in a bowl with ground turkey, heated them up, dumped a bunch of barbecue sauce on top of it. Amazing. Amazing. All right, a couple more. Uh, Jim Choi, what about human highlight film Dominique Wilkins? I, you got, oh, my God, yes. You guys remember the cartoon shirts that had, like, Dominique Wilkins dunking on a rim? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. OG Gary. I wonder if Sammy knows if bitches love Sosa or not. Wow. What? Okay. Okay. Gary's drinking at work. Uh, LB Seminole. Oh, you opened the floodgates with the Monty gear post. When do we get the Monty show gear? Guy. And pardon me. Uh, it. Um, okay. I will. Uh, I will tell you. We are working on a business venture. We may have to. Uh, go short in a couple cases. Um, <laughs> we are working on a business venture that requires us to not open the spigot. Let's say uh, drip water out of the spigot. Um, and then we'll open the spigot. We had a solution, but then we, you know. 
Salty drunk. Tanner has personally autographed Spider-Man underwear if anybody's interested. What is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) We need Xmas gifts. Hurry up, please, Cleveland Rock says. Okay. Monty sounds uh, like back-of-the-envelope calculations. I can't tell you. (laughs) Back-of-the-envelope calculations. We want a shirt with a cartoon Monty huddled over a mic bubble above head that says, Dear God, these fans are killing me. Salty drunk, stop promising merch drop, Monty. You know it's not happening. You, you're not wrong. Uh, um, who has a Derek Jeter gift basket? Your mom. Um, who's got a Deshaun Watson washcloth? Okay. Hiscock. <laughs> Why? Tarrant County, boy. Have Halapalavati Vadi autograph. I'm sure Bro, you do. Who? Who? Dad oh, works for Vitaeus father in Okay. Manaki Vitae? Okay. Um, Jeff says, I have a signed Pam Anderson centerfold. I used to have a Belinda Carlisle autographed plate. <laughs> I did. I did. And she, that was... Those were back in the days, though, that you could get, like back in the 90s when you could get Playboy delivered to your door, mm-hmm. to your mailbox. Like when it was a simpler time. Yeah, when the iPhone didn't exist, you know, and we weren't cool kids. <laughs> I'm buying the iPhone. I don't care what anybody says. You guys can call me an idiot. It doesn't matter. I am telling you, when that comes out, when it comes out on, on Friday and it's available for order, was I not looking at it in the in the Apple store? Yeah, today? you were. You were. Three days, MFers. Start tipping me now, because Big Daddy needs a new iPhone. Look at me. Need is not the word that I would use. You know. So here's the funny thing, Mrs. Monty's out of town. Right. Do you ask your wife before you make a big purchase? What's a big purchase? Anything over five hundred dollars. Uh, that seems like a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it depends. I, you know, what, I don't know I mean, what dollar. Fi- I put it I at a thousand. We're talking about golf rounds. Yeah, probably should. <laughs> I know. put it at a thousand dollars. If I'm going to spend more than a thousand dollars, I'm going to be like, honey. Yeah, but you know the sales package on the iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> not this honey. Uh, um, yeah, it's eleven hundred dollars, but it's only forty dollars a month. Thirteen ninety nine through the Apple Store. Oh, excuse me, uh, honey. But you know what's more expensive than the, the? And I'm not kidding, you guys. So for those of you who don't know, real quick, for those of you who don't know, the Apple is releasing a new phone on Friday, the iPhone 15 Pro Max, because there's no other model. Just give it up now. Um. So what I'm gonna do is hell yeah, I'm gonna order that phone on Friday. The funny thing is, you can. I'll probably just buy it outright. Uh, honestly, the Apple card, I have an Apple card, um, and they are they give you 0% for 16, 18 months. So I could easily do that. I could pay for it outright, but why would I pay for it when I can get 0% for 18 months? Why would you do that? I Do I tell my wife I'm doing that, or do I just go and do it? I uh, probably should talk about it, but I don't know. Do you, what do you, you don't, um, do you talk to your significant other about it? Well, I don't have a wife. Okay. We're not there yet. So girlfriend doesn't count. No. She, I mean, you guys live together. Uh, not technically. <laughs> 
Well, not, I mean, bro, but not technically. I mean, hoes not on the lease or nothing. You know. I mean, just, in opposition. Just because her cat and her parakeet are in my place doesn't mean she lives there. Here I am. You know. I mean, the parakeet, I like parakeets. Judge me if you want. Is that what we're calling it now? It's just our call. parakeet. You know. Is that what we're calling it now? Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, OG Gary, same. I already have the pre-ordered in my cart. They're available to put in your cart. God damn yeah, right. Yeah, put it in your cart. I got my son a Dean Jones autograph of him in, in the love bug. Okay. Adams P says, my Russell Wilson, let's ride poster. How's that work? <laughs> uh, Bronco Nation, let's ride. Uh, Tarrant County, boy, where's the Monty bobblehead, though, bro? Not made yet. So wait, do, so do you talk about it or are you just going to do it? I think I'm probably just going to do it and then I'll take my punishment. Hmm. Okay. Well, I... Is this Monty confessional time? <laughs> yeah, sure, I guess. I did buy a rangefinder this week. Mm-hmm. That was a need. <laughs> did I ask permission? No. Will I ask for forgiveness? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm married. I want to procreate. Oh, I have to. I, I, I ask for. Dude. Look, I'll return it. If guys, it means, guys, 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 guys. Look, if we can just ride for three minutes, it's I'll dark. return it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jim Choi, what's the difference between the iPhones? A lot of differences. The Pro Max is a bigger screen and a lot more powerful. The Pro Max has a, uh, a truly a new advancement in camera technology. Yes, it does. It's not. This isn't like, oh, just more megapixels. This is like different now. Be way better zoom, way better everything. And the USB-C thing is a huge difference. And on the Pro Max, the USB-C is a true USB-C, and it's blazing fast. What is it, 10 megs a second or something? 10 gigs. 10 gigs a second. Yeah, on the go. Pro Max model. Monty, it's, uh, Monty is an alpha male. He doesn't need to ask permission. Yeah, well, it's funny how that comes back to get you sometimes. Yeah, I did. Well, uh, James, if you do a bobblehead, you have to do one at your desk with a mic while you're praying. <laughs> Notre Dame, our mother. Exactly. Exactly. Notre hey, Dame, our mother. Go for broke and get the Apple VR thing, too. LOL. Now, I'm not doing <laughs> Apple VR. I'm not doing Apple VR. All right. Uh, let's reset the show. Why don't we, friends? Uh, because coming up in 20 minutes... Uh, I, you know what, what is the biggest sports story today here on the Monty show, uh, presented by our good friends, uh, at bucked up energy, bucked up energy, use the promo code Monty 20, uh, to get 20% off your, uh, purchase of at bucked up.com 20% off at checkout at bucked up.com. Um, so where are you at, uh, now the Cubs have announced that Jimer Candelaria is on the 10-day deal with a back injury. Wait, weren't you just telling me not to play the spinal drop? Spinal. I, I guess. Back is broken. Uh, I, I guess. I, I, I give up. I broke my back. Oh, who's coming up at 530? Uh, Lemma Harrington. BYU legend's coming up at 530. That's all you got? Yeah, dude. Hey, Alema Harrington's going to join us in 20 minutes previewing BYU football this weekend against Arkansas. We'll ask him about – so you got to, like, really 
Okay. You got to really get it. We'll ask him about BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis. Is he good enough to carry the Cougs to the Pac-12? Or is he good enough to carry the Cougs to the Big 12 season? Right. I was giving you a chance to, like, audition. No, that's okay. You're too good at it. Don't worry about Alema it. Alema Harrington uh, presented by Tri-Day Trading. Coming up this hour of the show presented by our good friends at BuckedUp.com. Uh, BuckedUp.com, you guys, I tell you every single day, I think Bucked Up has made a difference in my life. In fact, I know they have. Uh, I started using Bucked Up products. Weight started falling off. I'm sleeping better. I'm feeling better. I'm eating less because I feel more full. Uh, and the Buckshot is amazing. If you have not tried it, Get in the description below. You can get a free sampler pack of Buckshot. Uh, get to BuckedUp.com right now. They're having a great sale on their whey protein isolate. Uh, all you have to do is go to BuckedUp.com. And the, the thing that I like about BuckedUp.com, you pull up the site, and it's super easy to use. Um, like, you'll see right on the front page of their, of their site, you're going to see all of their pre-workouts. Um, if you just go to Shop at the top of the screen, um, or if you click on search, there's a big search bar and you just type in uh, Buckshot. Uh, I would highly recommend you do it because Buckshot right now, when you look at the pricing on Buckshot, they you're getting $3 off. It's only $29.95. Um, all of their flavors except the variety pack is now sold out. Don't say I didn't warn you mm -hmm. because they sell out. They've got watermelon, rocket pop, blue raz, and blood raz. Uh, the Blue Raz and the Watermelon are my two favorite. Um, when you use the, the Monty 20 discount, it saves you a significant amount of money just on one. Uh, let's see, what does it save you on one? Normally $29.95. If you just go to the cart um, and you use the promo code Monty 20, uh, you are going to save Monty 20 $7. It's a lot. You So you it's a good savings yeah. at buckedup.com. Uh, hook it up, use the promo code Monty20, or if you're in Utah, you can go to any of the bucked up stores, tell them you heard about it on the Monty show. They will give you a free can of energy drink from bucked up. Get the cherry candy. You guys, it is awesome. I'm a big fan of Miami, but my favorite by far right now is cherry candy. Go get it. Um, let's see. Where are you guys at? Mike Smith beavers are, are the future. We all must support the beaver. Totally agree. Right. Uh, Mike Smith says the biggest sports story today, Aaron Rodgers wins temp injunction versus the Pac-10. Mel Tucker and Art Bryles, Aaron is winning. Yeah, but I mean, in, in all seriousness, what do you guys think is the biggest story today? I, I think it's probably Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The Mel Tucker thing at Michigan State, I don't know if you guys saw it. The governor of Michigan um, is now, she is calling for a full investigation into Michigan State as to why they held the news. They did not take immediate action when allegations were made. And this goes back to the Larry Nassar debacle uh, at Michigan State. You remember Larry Nassar, the U.S. Olympic massage doctor guy? Um, he was also at Michigan State. He assaulted many, 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 many of his patients. He is in prison uh, where he was recently attacked and stabbed. Michigan State has a history of this now. And... Governor Whitmer in, in Michigan is is rightfully asking questions about the administration at Michigan State, and I think this Mel Tucker thing is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I think it is just the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion. Uh, McKinley Cutler, yeah, absolutely. Kevin Porter Jr. arrested for domestic violence. Man, dude, that's rough. Man. Kevin Porter I mean... Jr. I don't know. 
I mean, what do you even say about this? They, Houston Rocket Kevin Porter Jr. has a history of erratic behavior off the floor. So much so that they gave him one of the rarest contracts in the NBA, which is not guaranteed. It is one of the rarest things to see an NBA contract not fully guaranteed. His first year of that contract was fully guaranteed, nothing else. Kevin Porter Jr. allegedly over the weekend had a violent domestic violence incident with his girlfriend. She has a broken jaw. She was being choked, allegedly, according to the arraignment. She has a cut above her eyebrow. She was only able to get away and run into a lobby covered in blood. According to prosecutors, if you go and read the, read the affidavits, he has been abusive to this woman who's a former professional basketball player. Yeah. Like he hit her car with his car, allegedly. This Kevin Porter Jr. thing is wild. And it does make you wonder about the 2019 class. And when you look at Kevin Porter Jr., I, I don't know what you do with this. Uh, I, I Honestly. I mean, it's classic, you know, just guys, guys trouble off the court. I, I mean, I don't, I don't does know he ever what play else to say. No, I, I mean, at this point, no, I don't. I, I don't see a way back. I mean, it's taken, uh, what, Miles Bridges, what, two seasons now after his domestic uh, violence issues popped up? And his allegations weren't nearly as bad as these allegations. So, you know, for me, I I just think that the NBA is not a league that accepts that kind of behavior. I mean, with all due respect to the NFL, the NBA doesn't tolerate that. And if you're going to roll out here and start beating on women in the NBA, you're not going to be around. And, And that's what I think. Guys like Kevin Porter Jr. don't understand. Just because you're young and just because you got paid for the first year of your contract doesn't mean that you're bulletproof or something. It doesn't mean that you can't just throw your career away, which, in my opinion, is what he's just done. I think he absolutely has done that, and I think it's... You're not wrong about the class of 2019. Number one pick in that draft, Zion Williamson. Yep. Number two pick, John Morant. You look at the Jackson Hayes, number eight pick, domestic violence. You look at, I mean, you just look at some of the names on this list and it is not, it is not good. And I I don't, so I don't know what you do with Kevin Porter Jr., who was drafted 30th in that draft and it's been a wreck. Uh, Gary Wolf, uh, what is it about H-Town? First to Sean Watson, now this Porter story. Houston's had a tough time. I mean, Texas is a massive piece of land. Yeah. And so there's more humanity there. You're, I don't think Texans are bad people. I don't think they're any more prone to crime. Or I don't think it's got anything to do with Texas, Texas as a state. I, I think that, that, you know, you've got two individuals who have money and think clearly that they can just get away with things. And obviously, well, um, obviously Deshaun's situation wasn't domestic violence. Obviously it was, uh, um, you know, uh, sexual nature, obviously, and that's a whole different beast. And I think that that the problem for Kevin Porter Jr. is that there's no there's no like wiggling out of this. There's no arguing your way out of. Hey, you punched a woman in the face with a closed fist. Like you're not, you don't. There's no getting away with that. I mean, again, 
This takes me back to the Dana White slapping his wife on tape thing. Yes. Right? Like, Dana White slapped his wife on tape. But now we've all forgotten about that because he's Dana White. And he's not an athlete. He's an executive, whatever. Okay. But guys like Kevin Porter Jr. don't have that luxury. And and, yeah. and this guy, dude, the Rockets are immensely talented, but so poorly run. No discipline, no culture, no nothing. And that's what this type that that type of organizational lacking leads to guys just doing whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah, I, I don't know how you fix it. I, I don't because this is always gonna happen. Some guys are just going to get in trouble. Yeah. There's you don't fix that. It's not bad culture. It's not the state of Texas. It's some guys are going to get in trouble. It doesn't matter where they are, you know. Uh, Porter going to end up in China. He'll end up somewhere. I don't think it'll be the NBA. I don't know if Trevor Bauer, who wasn't convicted of anything, can't get a job in Major League Baseball. Are you tell me Kevin Porter Jr. is getting a job in the NBA? I find that tough to believe. I, I do. OG Gary, Houston man meets Florida man. But I don't think it's about that. No. I think Texas gets a bad rap, and I understand some things have happened there. But. You know, Beavers on a rampage. Rice is the best team in Houston. Okay. Okay. Johnny Gonzalez. Maury is a liar and was around Houston around the time of 2019. <laughs> Daryl Maury will never get away. Uh, the Todd Father, this isn't a new story. We're always going to have some awful testosterone-fueled a-holes. Truth. Yeah, dude. Truth. Truth. Yeah, I feel like the NFL has done a good job of cutting down on that or cutting back on it, but we still get stories. I would agree with that. Uh, LeBron to the Olympics, real quick. Alema Harrington in 10 minutes talking uh, Big 12 and BYU football. Uh, LeBron to the Olympics. Yeah. He wants to bring – he wants to – I think, obviously, he wants to win another gold medal. But I think he wants supremacy back for the Team USA. Do you like this or hate this? Yeah, I mean, I like it a lot. I mean, I I, I think that, you know, Team USA gets this sort of – you know, cloud hung over them for what happened in FIBA. And I just don't think that FIBA is a representation of the world's talent. I think that, you know, how could it be if the U.S. isn't sending its best talent because we don't care to win FIBA? And I think that what LeBron is trying to do here is say, yeah, sure, I want to win another gold medal. But I think LeBron wants to prove a point. I think that LeBron was on that Kobe team when they owned everybody and just destroyed everybody. And and I think what's tough is that Braun hasn't hasn't really been on the national stage in a minute in that in that sense, well, like the world stage yeah. representing his country. And I think that, you know, guys like Steph and KD and, you know, everybody that would be a part of that, Jason Tatum, Draymond, who, you know, whoever you want to point to, all these guys know it's worth it because they know they're better and they can go out and dominate teams. And and that's why that's that's where I say, dude, like I, I, the FIBA thing. I feel like Team USA got a bad rap because we don't take that seriously. We're not even close to sending our best talent to FIBA. And it's not a thing where we need to send better talent. We're not even trying to win that tournament, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, Steve Kerr's going to tell you they're trying to win. But they're just trying to win the games that they're playing with the team that they have. We're not being like, yeah, we're sending our best and we lost. Like, it's not that's not the case. So, yeah, I mean, I like this for LeBron. I think it's smart to have LeBron headline it as sort of a, hey, this is my last go around on the world stage. 
Uh, but then you've got great shooters like Steph and all the boys are coming. So I, 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 I like it a lot. I think LeBron's smart for this. And I also think that they are going to get Katie. They're going to get book. They're going to get Steph. They're going to, I mean, they're going to get Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They're going to get the best Americans. I'm curious where Joel Embiid winds up Yeah, and who Joel plays for. Cause I think that's, that's really interesting. I think it's one of those deals where, you know, you have to, um, I think you have to, you have to want to play in the Olympic tournament. Right. It's a ball buster. It hurts your career in the NBA. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I yeah. really don't. Yeah. And I guess the question that I would ask you is, do you believe that Team USA is still the best team in the world? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the talent that we have and, and you know, when we send our full squad, yeah, we're the best team in the world. But I think that, you know, Team USA is is it, it, we're loaded, and 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 it's the same thing like basketball, golf. Like anytime we actually try to win something, we go out and we obliterate the competition. And I think that's the hard part. Like, you know, we've had epic debates with you know folks like James Knight or other folks on the show who want to say that you know now all of a sudden because you know we lost FIBA, you know we feel a need to send our best talent. I don't even think it has anything to do with a need to send our best talent. I think LeBron wants to go out on a high horse. I think LeBron saw the way that guys like Michael ended his career, saw the way that Kobe was forced to end his career because of injuries. Bron understands that the injury bug has slowly but surely been hunting him. And I think LeBron James wants to finish on a high horse. And I also think that guys like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they understand the importance. Like Devin Booker is obviously much younger than LeBron and would cherish the opportunity to go out in Paris uh, at the Olympics and play with all-time greats. I mean, that's what basketball is about. You want to go out, play with the guys that you're really close with. By all accounts, Book and LeBron are pretty close. Uh, and you want to go out and make memories and win big games and prove a point. So, yeah. I do think we have the best team. I do think we have the best talent in the world. I don't even think we need Joel Embiid to be on our team to win the tournament. Would it be nice? Yeah, sure. Sure, absolutely. I'm not a Bam out of bio guy, but he's probably the guy you want to send if, if Joel's not going to be on your team. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I think we do have the best talent. I do think we dominate that tournament, and I do think it would be a situation where it wouldn't even be close because we're just that much better. Yeah, I think, and this is just my opinion, I I think this is way overinflated. I just don't think it matters if we win the Olympic tournament. Is it that big of a deal? Yeah. I mean, I, it's the Olympics, dude. I don't know if it's that big of a deal anymore. I think the, I think the FIBA thing the other day, everybody losing their mind over it. I don't think FIBA has been relevant for... How long has it been since FIBA was like, oh, yeah, we got to go out and kick everybody's ass? <laughs> I think it's been 10 years. Yeah. Quite literally. And I think the Olympics have become such a I think the Olympics have become such a thing that they're so controversial anymore. It's like the World Cup of soccer. Now the World Cup I think is the only thing players care about. If you're in Europe, if you're from Spain, if you're from wherever, how many people in North America are like, man, team, U.S. men's national team has to win the World Cup? On the women's side. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think, I on, think the on the women's, women's side, there's side expectation. It's far more. I, I think the men's side has always been a disappointment, but that's the difference between soccer and basketball. In soccer, we don't have the best talent. In yeah. soccer, we're not, we're not, in my opinion, a legitimate world power. We say we are, but we're not. We're just not. Yeah, in in I, basketball, we have the ability to say, yeah, rando team that beat Team USA this year in FIBA, laugh now, but cry later when it actually matters because we will have the boys. And I think that's what that's what people don't appreciate, man. Everyone wants to pick on Team USA. It's like it's like the lion and hyena thing, right? Yes. The rest of the world wants to pick on the lion until the lion shows up with the heavy hitters, and then suddenly, you know, you know, totally Lithuania agree. doesn't want to run their mouth anymore. Totally, and, and, and that's what I think the Olympics serve as. Are they? Are they a pain in the ass? Yeah, maybe they're a little bit of a pain in the ass. Sure, sure. I just don't know that. Are they meaningful anymore? That's well, that's the thing. With, and I'm struggling with that. And I don't know that the Olympics. They certainly don't mean what they meant in the 70s and 80s, and oh, maybe certainly. the 90s. Yeah, right? Certainly, it's not the same thing. Remember no. the Olympics in Salt Lake. Remember the Olympics in Los Angeles. Like they just don't mean that much anymore. And I think it's because we've gotten to a place now where we're just a different society, man. We're, we're, we are as people, we have so much other stuff that we can do. We're so addicted to our phones mm -hmm. that I, I think things like the Olympics have faded. I understand why LeBron wants it. I understand why NBA guy, if I was at LeBron's level, frankly, I'd probably want to win a gold medal as well. Yeah. I mean, I finish on a high horse, man. Give me the three, the, the Olympic ring tattoo that they all get like, Hey, I totally understand that, but it just feels like. It just feels like the Olympics aren't what they used to be. Having said that, I would love the Olympics to come back to Salt Lake. 100%. I would be thrilled for like a full-on, you know, winter Olympics, summer. Like, I'm, I'm here for it, dude. I can't wait for – I love the winter season. You guys know we're, we're big snowboarders on the mm -hmm. show as much as I don't want the golf season. And, you know, uh, Delaric says, you think uh, he tries to get Bronny on the team? Probably not. I would think not. I would think not. I mean, when you're when you're talking about the Olympics, I mean, LeBron would clearly recruit Alema Harrington before Bronny <laughs> because, you know, Alema's got that, that jump shot, don't you? Well, I don't know about that. My jump shot's been off since I broke my arm in half. But uh, <laughs> I got some kids maybe that would be interested in that kind of thing. But you make such a great point, man, uh, about the uh, the Olympics and the the shine that it once had that it doesn't have today. And pointing to the fact that everything's on our phones and there because there was a time when the when the Olympics and the NBA, by the way, the NBA on NBC and the Olympics on NBC, which was my heyday at Channel 5 and NBC affiliate. And when I, I signed with Channel 5 back in 1996, we were looking at the 2002 Olympics. It was a huge deal. Now, it coming back to Salt Lake City, that's that, you know, that's exciting for our local economy, but as far as the world stage is concerned, um, I don't know that 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 people we don't gather around the TV like we used to. No, and and there was a time when you would get up uh, if the Olympics were overseas, and you would get up at two in the morning or five in the morning to watch the Olympic games and the recap shows and Bob Costas and all of those things. But that, that's just not the world we live in anymore. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I think you make some very you know, astute points when it comes to, it comes back to the way that we consume 
our media these days. And, uh, you know, live events, when they're our team, whether it's BYU or the Utah Jazz, the University of Utah, you know, here in the state, Utah State, Weber State, Southern Utah, all of those things are important to us. But even then, I was at my kids' um, uh, practice watching the Utah game on my phone. And right. so, I mean, there, there's just different things that, that the way that we, we partake of and consume media that have, have completely changed the game as far as uh, viewership is concerned. And it's not the, the, the viewership just um, uh, feast that it used to be. It's just not that anymore. No, and I think we also used to when I, you know, I'm 50 years old. So when I was a kid, I I had to be home by, uh, you know, dark. But that's because I already had dinner, so I was out. You know, my mom was trying to make me run around and play wiffle ball with the neighborhood <laughs> kids, and because we sat around the table and we had dinner, and we like, it's just a different. I think it's a different time in this LeBron thing. I hope I hope that Team USA always wins. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I think most of us root for Team USA or whatever, but I just think it means something different. Uh, yeah. Alema Harrington joins us thanks to our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Alema, is Keaton Slovis the guy to lead BYU football? Well, I think that uh, you know, here's the great thing about the two games that you had to warm up for Arkansas is that the the, the passing game did not look good. Uh, in the opening game against Sam Houston. But it rebounded, and you passed for close to 350 yards uh, this past weekend. And I, I think that the passing game is probably back. Is Keaton Slovis the guy to lead him forward? I think that, that he is. Uh, he certainly has the experience uh, to, to go along with um, – you know, taking over this offense that will allow him. We thought, I, I think for some reason, we thought there's not going to be any learning curve. They're going to get out there and it's just going to be, you know, they're going to throw for 400 yards, uh, which wasn't the case in week one. The good news is that you were able to take your lumps and learn and make your mistakes in a victory against Sam Houston and then come back and perfect some of those things and, and, and get ready for Arkansas in the game last week against Southern Utah. So I do think that Keaton Slovis is the guy to, to lead them forward. All the things that we saw during the offseason and then in spring and then in fall camp, um, I think are starting to look a lot better after last week. Is it going to be enough going up against an Arkansas defense and secondary and kind of athletes that Arkansas will put on the field? Uh, granted, they have a new defensive coordinator and they might be going through some, some you know, bumps and along the way uh, as well. But I, I think that, that certainly um, the two warm-up games that BYU's had is going to prepare them uh, for this game against Arkansas. And I, I understand you're going to Arkansas in a team that just walloped you last year, um, and, and you got a lot to prove. And so, you know, you got to go out there and prove it. And you, you go in there as, as, you know, a pretty significant underdog, and you, you got to let the – you know, the Big 12 know or anybody that's watching TV, BYU fans across the country, let them know that, hey, we came here to play. Um, but this is going to be a tough season. That I, mean, I think we, we understand that. We want to be optimistic as much as we can, but we've got to be realistic at the same time. Oh, I think that's absolutely right. And I think when you say it's going to be a tough season, I love what I've seen out of this defense. Mm -hmm. And I am pleasantly surprised at the development of guys – you know, I, I I think this defense just needed a new voice. That doesn't mean that the prior regime of defensive coaches were 
bad coaches or bad people, but I think you see with a lot of returning talent here, Lemma, I am, I -hmm. am just thrilled with the aggression, the smarts, the schematics. This defense looks like it is ready to compete on a down in, down in, uh, down in, down out basis. I agree with you a hundred percent. And and I've mentioned this before on the show that I had the, the, the pleasure and the opportunity to be able to watch Jay Hill as a head coach at Weber State and watch, and he was running the defense at that time too, and watch what he was doing with players. And, and you mentioned the word development. I love the way that he is. The, in, in a short period of time, right, He these guys, this defense looks completely different than it, it did last year. And it's not just schematics. And, and granted, yeah, they're coming after the quarterback a lot more than they did in the past, which was zero last year in the years past, right? They are aggressively going after the quarterback. But the defense that we watched when I was doing Weber State games is a defense that flies around. It's a defense that, that collectively is getting to the ball. And that's what you're seeing. And I think I, I, there, there are some, some short-term and long-term benefits of having Jay Hill there. Um, I've had conversations with plenty of former BYU guys that have been frustrated over the years with uh, the way that BYU recruits and especially legacy players, you know, kids that are coming from a BYU home and their dads played uh, at BYU. I think that Jay Hill understands that. And and this is nothing, taking nothing away from, from Kalani and, and his heritage as a BYU guy, but the, the recruiting that, that Jay Hill is going to bring, and the other play, you know, coaches, excuse me, that have come along with him, I think that there's going to be a significant difference that is going to be noticeable in the way that that BYU is going to be able to recruit with this defense that that they're putting on the field, but also the coaches that are going to be doing the recruiting, and that's a big deal uh, for me as a former player. Um, and I don't have a kid that that went to BYU. But the, the conversations that former players have and the way that former players feel about the program and the way that the program, we feel like the program feels about us is a huge deal We're just when we're just talking about that community. And, you know, as, as we talk about BYU and the family feel and, and Slovis talking about, man, I just love being here because of the way it feels – that thing's got to permeate and go out throughout the community. And as that continues to develop under Kalani Sataki, I think that um, the, the, the recruiting power becomes a, a lot stronger and recruiting is different with NIL and all of those things. But I got to tell you, you know, you go back to the olden days uh, when, when I was being recruited and a lot of these players were being, uh, were being scouted and identified by former players who were out in their smaller communities and saying, hey, I, I got this kid, man. I, I think you ought to take a look at him. And if the, the, the coaching staff respects that enough to at least pursue it, then that's a big deal. If the coaching staff you know, has a kid that is identified by a former player that is out there in, in his community, has gone back to Texas or California or wherever the case may be, and they just ignore that, then I'll tell you what, you know, then you you don't make those suggestions anymore, and you feel like, man, they 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 don't really care about me. And it may seem like a, a really small thing, but that's a big deal in the college football community. That and you want to feel that with your alma mater. 
Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely huge. And I yeah. think one of the things that's so interesting is the way that that process you just described, we're, we're in a completely different way of doing business now. Mm -hmm. Even if you look at the way Transfer Portal, NIL, that's all one thing. But if you look at the way contact and cell phones and social media has changed the recruiting game, I think that's one of the things that you look at a guy like Cody Epps. Yeah. Um, you know, Cody is a guy who could have gone a lot of places in the transfer portal and stayed at BYU. Obviously, he and Keaton Slovis have a relationship, and that's why Keaton's here and all that stuff. But you look at the power and the, the quality of athlete that BYU is able to recruit today and compete in the, in the, the Big 12, I think that talks about the way that this staff has evolved and changed. And I give Tom Homo a lot of credit for giving guys like Kalani Sataki the room to be his own man. Mm -hmm. And I also say the same thing I told you last time. I think Kalani has evolved and made tough choices and tough changes in his game. Yeah. Because I think if he hadn't, if we're being honest, Dilemma, this team wasn't going to win if he had just stayed stayed the way it's always been. No, I, you, I think yeah. he had to change. You think about last time this team, BYU, played Arkansas was – you know, early on, but it was the last straw at that point. It's like, hey, like we cannot keep on doing this. We cannot, you know, just give up, you know, 50 points to, to you know, a, a, a decent team. Granted, if you're going up against a team that's going to the playoffs, then that's one thing. But, you know, you give up, you know, that you have that kind of defensive performance and it's okay. Right after that, Kalani takes over the defense and eventually uh, Tuiaki, uh, is you know resigns and and he he leaves and but it it ushered in Jay Hill and at the same time to your point we talked about this those are tough decisions man I like I, as a as a human being and a guy that cares about the people that are in your your family and your circle man those are tough decisions to make but you're getting paid to do that as the head coach of any institution and BYU is no different. And so you got to go, you know, going in, knowing that you're going into the Big 12, you got to make big boy decisions. And that was one. And by the way, it's always nice to have a Papinga on staff, too. You can you can never <laughs> go wrong. Yes. It's good to have the intensity. Oh, I so love intense, just, man. Just having Kelly on camera in yeah. that that look of I, I'm ready to go. If you're yeah. not going to do what I tell you, I'm going to put on a helmet and pads. <laughs> I love Love, love. And shout out to Brady, by the way, who's going yeah. through some stuff in his personal yeah, life. Yeah, his family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Brady. But I just, I think it feels more like a staff. Uh, before I ask you about the Big 12, yeah. let me ask you about TridayTrading.com, mm -hmm. who always presents Alema's appearances on the show. Tell my listeners and viewers why they should go to TridayTrading.com. Well, we, you know, we we're just talking about how you recruit. You know, one of the things that you can do is that you just be attractive. That's what Triday Trading, that's the, you know, the recruiting approach is all about that we, we can improve your bottom line and we're all looking for something in that regard and you think about the, you know the, where we are as far as the economy is concerned we got the big announcements coming out uh, about inflation tomorrow uh, by our government and and you're wondering thinking to yourself it's like man you know what is what what can I do you know I'm gonna take another job well well I if you're going to take another job, do something that is in your control. And that's what Triday Trading is all about. You can day trade and TridayTrading.com. They will show you the way. And the thing is that, that you can start to get some income 
coming in in a pretty quick fashion and they will teach you the ropes of how to day trade and they're invested in you and in your success because it's a partnership uh, with Tri-Day Trading. So they're going to fund an account for you to be able to trade using their money and you will keep a portion of those funds up to 80% of what you make. And they want to make sure that you're making money so that everybody wins here. I mean, this is a team. And the beautiful thing and the, the attractive part about it was, well, a couple of things. Number one, this is a company that has been around for over a decade. They're here in Utah. They're people that I can trust and they're going to, they, they have my best interest in mind. And this is a try before you buy. All it is is a $10 donation. It's not going to try day trading. It goes to uh, a, a specific charity every month. That they make a different donation to different charities. But that $10 is basically your skin in the game so that you can get 30 days of access to all of the resources available at try day trading. And you're going to get a coach that's going to be able to walk you through the different things. And everybody is different. So you're going to have a, a coach that is going to be suited to you to be able to teach you how to day trade. And these are the things that that all of us are looking for to be able to get some extra income coming in in a way that I can control it in my my hours. And I can do that before I go to work in the morning and, you know, spend a couple of hours online trading and then go to my regular job. Eventually, it may be a case where, you know, it's getting so good that I, I my regular job becomes obsolete and I just day trade. And I know a lot of people that do that. So the if if we piqued your interest and it sounds attractive, right, which is the, the whole recruiting, you know, part of this is that that it's, you know, yeah. attraction. If, if it sounds good, if it sounds good, all you have to do is go to TridayTrading.com. I tell people it's really simple. Go to TridayTrading.com. There's some videos on there that you can watch. Then you can set yourself up to get a, a call with somebody from Triday Trading. And any of the questions that weren't answered in the video, you can get those answered by somebody personally. And then it's a $10 donation. And you got 30 days to figure it out. And I promise you, if you're watching, you can figure this out within 30 days, whether or not it's right for you. And, and uh, most people that I talk to, it works for them. Yep. And what do you always say? If you can't figure it out in 30 days, you're yeah. probably not going to figure it out. Yeah. And, and if it's not for you, you can walk away. Yeah. That's what I, I, the no flexibility. Absolutely. And, yeah. I think that's that's the biggest part of it. Tridaytrading.com presents Alema Harrington on the Monty Show. Before I let you go, I want to get your thoughts on the Big 12 because I know that Texas and Oklahoma obviously are on the way out, but I don't know how anybody's not impressed with what we saw out of, out of Texas when they went to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. I mean, obviously – we're used to seeing Nick Saban win big games. We're not used to seeing Texas go on the road and win big games. That was really impressive. Were you impressed with and are you impressed with Texas? Yeah, absolutely. And and for for me, when I came in in 96, it was, you know, came to this market, right? I came back to Utah and and covered uh the team which was Steve Sarkeesian and the 96 team that goes to the Cotton Bowl, right? Uh, Kale Kalalui and that that group, right? And, and it was such exciting football. The team that that wins twelve games of the season, and and you know probably should have gone to a bowl alliance bowl, right? It was the bowl alliance before the BCS. Um, you know, to see Steve Sarkeesian, especially with the road that he's walked, have the success that he's having in Texas, and and I think 
you know, most of us understood, okay, he's taking over a tough situation here at Texas, and it's probably going to take some time. Well, I think those things are starting to come to fruition. And it was the pupil versus, you know, the the teacher uh, last week. And to see uh, Sark have that kind of success uh, was, was I think, exciting for people that, that still connect with Steve Sark. Because we're always the, the people that are, like, when they're doing well, we always claim them. When he's in down, you know, having down, <laughs> it's hard to, it's like, oh, man, I'm, you know, that's that's the guy, I don't, you know, don't remember him. But 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 we claim him when he's, in, I claim him ups or downs, and I'm happy for his success. And that's just, you know, understand, Texas is going to leave. So how did Baylor do? Well, Baylor looked pretty good against Utah. They, they, they fumbled that in the end. But Utah's also in the Big 12. So, you know, I can look at that in a game that's not against BYU and say, hey, that's a, a conference, uh, you know, ally that's going to be part of our conference. I want them to do good. I want, the, I want all the teams that are part of the Big 12 to be able to perform well because uh, the, the bottom line is we got the SEC and the Big 10. Where are we going to fall in the end of that? Are we going to be, you know, respectable? Are we going to be, uh, you know, a team or a conference, I should say, that people are looking at? And, and however this thing evolves and develops overall, you know, you want to be in a competitive situation. So if there are more dominoes or chips that fall here, that you're putting yourself in a position to, to be able to be included, right? Because you have to be relevant. And you can't be relevant if your conference is no good. And That's so right. you want those teams that are in your conference to be successful. Well, when you have Colorado and Nebraska pulling 8.8 .8 million viewers next yeah. to a Texas game that was 10 million, that's yeah. that the, the the conference, the 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 future of the Big 12, I think, is very bright. Uh Alema Harrington, always good to see you, my man. Glad you're doing well. Great seeing you. Love the conversation. Thanks. You bet. There you go. Alema Harrington, TridayTrading.com. Love Alema. I, I, you know, his point about you want this conference to do well, exactly right. I think, yeah. and you've said this about Dion a hundred times. Like, you don't have to like Dion, but you, I, I, if you're a fan of the Big Twelve, I think you have to root for him because Alema's right. The future of this conference, I think, is so bright right now. If 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 you consider that Utah and Baylor, that's a Big Twelve game next year, and I I, I look at Dion, that's a Big Twelve game. Look at what Colorado and Nebraska mean to the history of the Big 12. I, I, I just feel like there's so much momentum. How good Kansas is right now. Yeah. How good K-State is. How good, and I understand they're leaving, but Texas is. And Oklahoma, I just, I think it feels really good to see this conference come together because BYU is going to be better and better and better every single year. I think, I don't know if Dana Holgerson makes it or not at Houston, but Houston's not going to be down long um, I, I think TCU, like there's not a team in this conference that you're like, yeah, they're never going to, well, Iowa state, but anyway, the point is there's not a team in this conference. It's not going to win. Yeah. I mean, um, next year, you know, next year, because of, you know, all this movement and realignment that we've had, the big 12 is going to be deep and they're going to be deep sell. And, yeah. and I think the number of halves in that conference is going up. And I think that. You know, this Deion Sanders thing and Colorado thing, it the only question is how many games are they going to win? I, I mean, do they do they even sniff, you know, six wins? Is this just a non con fluke, let's say? A non con you know, like, fluke. Is it a hey, you won early in the season, but you guys suck now because you lost to Oregon and USC? You know, I mean that's what I think 
for Colorado, you have to consider is that, yeah, you're having success now, but what happens after that first loss? How do you bounce back? What is this team like? Well, obviously, Dion's going to lead them. Obviously, you know, he's going to be on message and leadership, and he's going to be doing what he does. But again, it you have to see it on the field. So if you lose to Oregon yeah. and then you lose to SC, how do you bounce back? I think people believe that Dion can be, you know, seven wins. I think they believe that after what they've seen, what they have to work with. this is why the disappointment in Lubbock, this is why Tyler Shuck is, is so frustrating to me. Yeah. this Because I had anticipated Texas Tech being better. I know that Sonny Dykes is going to turn TCU. Right. I, I, I firmly believe they're an October-November performer. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. No idea. UCF, with, with Plumlee being hurt now, that's so, so disappointing. Because he had a chance to beat that UCF with with John Reese in there has a chance to beat anybody that they're going to go against. Hundred percent. And now you feel like that's not the case because he's hurt. But what do I always say? Hey, you can't have running quarterbacks. And BYU with with Keaton Slovis, he's not going to be a guy that's going to run around and throw his body down at the at the goal line. He's going to throw you to victory. And again, BYU, I was really impressed with the way their offense bounced back. You've yeah. got to get guys healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beavers on a rampage for $2 says, I will never watch if LeBron James gets his son on the team. Okay. okay. I, I I don't think that's going to happen. I really, I really, really don't. Uh, Katie Raider says, yep, changed uh, the NFL as well. Massive changes in Texas high school football. Yeah, we should probably talk about that at some point too. Uh, Katie also says, uh, I think if BYU has gone a- gone after Leach once upon a time, would have been amazing. Yeah, the old pirate. I had a yeah. good talk with Dana Holgerson at, at Big 12 Football Media Days about Mike Leach. Yeah, he is. he was such a, an interesting dude. Uh, Gary Wolf, BYU has a history, has historically been a QB juggernaut. Not this year, though. I don't know that we can say that BYU is not that Keaton Slovis is Let's done. Let's see how he performs this or, week. I mean, Arkansas is a big step up, and then you have Cincinnati coming in. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we're going to find out what that offense is. You, it, bottom line, you guys, we'll never know what Keaton Slovis can be at BYU until his best receivers are on the field. Yeah. Period. Like, you you just can't Yeah. You can't continue to to play shorthanded. They've got to get they've got to get healthy. There There is no doubt about that. James. Hello, James. Would Cliff Kingsbury be willing to coach in college again if Dana Holgerson gets fired? If you want to keep running the spread, Kingsbury would be a good option. I, I think certainly he would. Yeah, I think his time in Arizona was rough, man. And I think with where that organization's headed and all the allegations coming out now and everything, you start to understand that, hey, maybe it wasn't so much that Cliff Kingsbury just was an awful head coach. It might have been that, hey, the organization is just terrible. I actually think Cliffy did a decent job. Yeah. I do. He was not ready I think this time that he's spending at USC is critically important. Yeah. I think he needs a little bit of mentorship. He needs a little bit of time to just not be the guy. And I think if you're learning from a guy like, you know, I hate to say his name on the show because Jake always gets a lather up, but you're learning from a guy like. (coughs) (coughs) Don't. Rinkin Kylie, I think, you know, like <laughs> I did think about that for a minute. You're learning from a guy like Lincoln Riley. You're you could do a lot worse than that. Well, and I think that the thing for Cliffy with Lincoln Riley is that they're obviously, you know, philosophically aligned when it comes to how football works, you know, and I think that's a big deal for Cliff Kingsbury. You know, it would be different if he was under some defensive first guy who was a disciplinarian and like, yeah, I mean, that just wouldn't be a great fit, but I think 
that's why SC is doing really well because obviously Lincoln Riley is the face, but Cliff Kingsbury's quality, man. I mean, he is Very a much so. really good coach, and I think that you're right. He needs that mentorship. He needs to be taught how to lead a program, and then, you know, he'll get another chance at some point. Fat Jesus says, I'm changing my name to Steve Kimes' burner phone. Dude. Man, that lawsuit. How about that whole thing, dude? Change it to Steve Kimes' Raptor. Oh, man. Uh, Arizona, let's see, Bear Down Cats. Arizona almost took out Mississippi State. Jed Fish and the Cats are on the move. I love Jed Fish. Pack 10. Pack 10. Thank you. Uh, I I love Jed Fish. I agree with you 100%. USC is QBU. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Tarrant County, boy, says not in the NFL. Not in the NFL. USC is not. I agree with that. Uh, the eye patch. BYU's a wannabe. Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? Mm -hmm. We're going to find out for certain. Um, let's see. Thoughts on Kansas versus Nevada? Like football? Kansas. I, I'm a huge Kansas fan. Um, I, I don't know how you're not rooting for Kansas. Again, if you're a Big 12 fan, how are you not rooting for Kansas to be good? Yeah. Somebody explain that to me. Because if Kansas starts winning consistently on the football field, this conference is way better. Way, way better. I'm trying to find the line on Kansas. Kansas has to be 30, right? Uh, 28 and a half. I was close. 28 and a half. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they can cover 28 and a half. Yeah, it's a big number. That seems like a huge number on the road. Yeah. Um. That's a, that'll be a Pacific 830. I mean, that's going to be a tough 28 and a half to cover. Now, let's be honest. It's not as though Nevada is crushing dudes. They're 0-2, and they gave up 33 to Idaho, mm -hmm. who might not score 33 points the rest of the year, uh, and 66 to SC. So Maybe I'm, they will cover the 28. I mean, dude, if you're uh, giving up that much. On the road, Nevada's not good. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think Daniels is superb. Um, you know, I think the guy who probably flies under the radar most is Devin Neal. I mean, it, it, what he's been able to do this year. I mean, the guy's averaging nine yards a carry. Yeah, I mean, the reality of the situation is when we're talking about covering numbers is do they get a couple of big plays? I mean, if they can oh, get they those, will. you know, if they can get. But, like, when I say a couple of big plays, like, do you get, you know, the 40-yard bomb that he then runs that, you know, Devin Neal then runs to the end zone? Do you get that type of production? Or is it just hey, methodically moving it down the field and, like, we're, we're you know, struggling to get it going a little bit. You know, obviously a Pacific time zone game, like you were saying, what would you say it was, 8.30 kickoff Pacific time, I think you said? Yep. So, I mean, you know, your night game there, like, yeah, there are some factors there. But but Kansas, I don't know, make no mistake about it, Kansas is going to win that game easily. It's just a matter of how much they're going to win it by. So I, I certainly would not be concerned about it. Yeah, I think uh, Kansas is going to win that game. It's just a matter of by how much. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I think MJB is on to something. The Mean Green have a good indoor practice facility and good football operations building. Kingsbury going there would give him a chance to establish he can coach. Um, I think he's done that already, though. Dude. I don't I, think I, it's a question yeah. of can he coach? Yeah, I think it's situational. You know, it's philosophical. I mean, again, you're, you, Cliff Kingsbury. Dude, remember why the Cardinals brought him in? 
Cliff Kingsbury got hired because the Rams brought in McVay. And the wave in the NFL was to bring in the young head coach yes. who was offensive-minded. And, again, uh, uh, you, you, you brought Cliff Kingsbury in on the heels of firing a coach who had one year. And, by the way, you moved on from Josh Rosen at the same time. So you rolled over your head coach, you drafted Kyler Murray, and you brought in uh, Buddy. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's not as though he was given a perfect situation. But you're not going to North Texas with all due respect. No. I mean, he has he has NFL jobs he'll be a candidate for, certainly. He's a good-looking, young, hip, energetic coach that GMs and owners like. He's not a trouble guy off the field or away from the facility. No, and he's shown that his offenses score points when his quarterbacks are over four feet tall. Yeah. So, well, that was probably too much. Not unrealistic, though. Not not a lie. I just, you know. 21-point spread, I take Kansas. Yeah, it's 28-and-a-half. One more score. You know. Ooh. Ron Loney says, take Kansas in the spread. Idaho beat Nevada by 27 points. Yeah, but, Yeah. Cliff versus Tom Herman. Tom Herman. How does Tom Herman recover? <laughs> you want to talk about a guy that needed Texas? Yeah. And that Texas needed? Tom Herman should have been. Man, Tom Herman should have been better at Texas and Houston. Where's Tom Herman now? Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Okay, I think we need to update prize picks real quick. Why? Because <clears throat> I want to see where your boy Zach Wheeler's at. Yeah, well, he's not in a good place. Let's do a um, quick update. Quick update here. Where's he at? Uh, so the number see. was six and a half. Four Ks. He's got four. And I, well, I didn't do it. I, oh, didn't, didn't I did not it. take him. Oh, the, you took, you took, uh, what's his face? From the Cubs. That's yes. right. That's right. Javi. Yes. Yes. That's right. I took I took Javi. Um yeah. all right, real quick before we get out of here. National video game day. Yeah. Today is National Video Game Day. What was your favorite video game as a kid? Hands down, easy. Nintendo Super Mario Brothers. I used to go straight home. Me and my brother would fight over the controller. And just constantly set high scores. And then we couldn't set high scores anymore because it was so high. Uh, I loved that. And then there was a different version of Mario Kart that I loved playing. Mm -hmm. Those were my games as a kid. Yeah, my games as a kid were were very simple. Backyard Baseball on Nintendo Oh, my Color. God. My favorite. As a kid, kid, that was my favorite game to play. It wasn't even close. Uh, as, a, as a teenager, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, those are my favorites. Uh, also had a lot of fun on on uh, the old Halo machine, which I still think to this day is iconic. So, yeah, what, what, what's going on here? You My okay? prize picks didn't get in. Again? My prize picks did not get placed. I don't – I am so pissed. I am Dude, so pissed. Uh, okay, I had a great – I had a great prize pick set up. I mean, I had a great prize pick set up. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that is frustrating. And now the Mookie Betts is not a discount anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's a kick in the balls. All right, pitcher strike. I'm going to go with Hobby for pitcher strikeouts again. Yeah, you can still play it. You can yeah, still do I, the Mookie discount. I lose. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. Where? 
It sh- is it not there anymore? No. Oh, damn. It's not there anymore. Damn. Oh, come on, man. That's really dis... I must have forgot to hit the... Cody Bellinger for uh, fantasy score. Um, And then I probably need... You need a third now. I need a third now. And Can I, you go go MLB Live? Can you get Zach Wheeler on strikeouts? MLB Live. We're MLB Live. Let's see. I'm see. I'm at PrizePicks.com. Yeah. Use your promo code Monty. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Pitcher strikeouts. No. No, I cannot. Uh, I can get man. Burlander. Lance Lynn two. Uh, Lance Lynn two strikeouts in the first two innings. Um, against yeah, but it's against San Diego. Ah! Yeah, it's brutal. No, I don't think I want to do that. It's brutal. Oh, you guys, that's so disappointing. Where do I go here? I probably go to. I have a pitcher strikeout. Where is my guy um, pitcher fantasy score? Where's my pitcher fantasy score? Let's see if I can get. Let's see if I can get my Rockies guy. Nope, it doesn't offer him to me. Pitcher strikeouts does it? Where's my strikeout guy for the Rockies? Flexin is three. <coughs> Okay. Man, that is disappointing. Man, I'll, man, I'll go. You, I'll go. Michael Walker more. Okay. Dadgummit. Flex playing. Yeah, I guess so. Damn, bro. Yeah, that hurts. Man. And it will not let me flex play that. It will not let me flex man, play. You that. are just getting piped right now. This is terrible. Farg me. This is brutal. Farg me. That's in frustrating. Are you going to play it or not? Yeah, I just did. Oh, you did? Okay. I just did. Yeah. Dang, man. Mookie Betts, it was easy at half a fucking base. Mookie Betts was 0.5 more. Hit the more button, God. Hit the more button, sir. (coughs) And Zach Wheeler just gave up another home run. (laughs) I had him pitcher fantasy score 26 and a half. Less. I was Zach Wheeler less on pitcher fantasy score. He's getting shelled. He's giving up six. Damn. Chicken and a biscuit. It's fixed against me. It's not. Tarrant County boy says fart sound. Dude. He also says Monty's not up for good bets. <laughs> I can't. And I do that. That's my fault. That's my fault. Uh, Kaufman says Gran Turismo. Okay, you okay, must be yeah. young, youngin. Gary Wolf, Donkey Kong. Yes, oh, my God, Donkey yes. Kong. Yes. Donkey Kong was amazing. Yes. Tarrant County, boy. I love Street Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom at the arcade. Galaga at the arcade. Galaga on Xbox. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. no. Why do you need it on an arcade machine, dude? Like, why? Can I just punch you in the face? No, you can't. Just one time, please. I knew today would be shitty. <laughs> Mom, Galaga on the Xbox? No. Yeah. At the Like, we had great memories of playing Galaga on the Xbox, and now you hate it. <laughs> yeah, like, now you hate it, dude. No, it's not that I hate it. We're talking about our childhoods. It is what it is. Yeah. I used to I go to... I have your childhood. We lived I in know the, the Xbox. I know. I used to... You had a terrible childhood. All You had everything handed to you. <laughs> uh, as a kid, I used to live in suburban Chicago. We would drive into the city. My parents owned their own business. And next door, there was like a, a burger place, like a Crown Burger. Think about Crown Burger, your favorite one-off burger place. And they had video games in the back. And it was a quarter. Remember when you would drop a quarter into an actual a video quarter. game? 
That's playing Galaga. Jim Choi says any pinball machine with a fl- fine lady picture. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. Couple of uh, couple of tips. Uh, bear down cats. Is there any way the Big 12 can swap out scum devils for Pitt or Oregon State? Bear down. You fucking donkey. Come on, guy. He said scum devils. Come on, guy. Oh, man. Could you imagine swapping? Oh, man. Uh, Lance Johnson for $2. 28 and a half points is a teaser line. Take the points in Nevada. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's not that difficult, is it? It is, it is not that difficult. Play the music. I'm so mad about my yeah, I screwed up my prize yeah, picks. That's a, that's a rough one, dude. I can't even lie. I get it. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. Even they know to say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.